Now let's begin. Podcast listener, and welcome to Trek 1701, a Star Trek podcast. I am your host, my name is Chris Lockhart, and I am joined by the crew of the Trek 1701 podcast. First up, Curtis Holloway. How's it going, Curtis? Better than I deserve. Excellent. Uh, next up, we have Richard Zabo. How's it going, Richard? Fantastic. Ready to talk about some Star Trek stuff. Excellent. And last but not least, we have Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Well, it's going uh, quite well. And hello out there, everyone. Excellent. Um, well, this is uh, the first podcast of Trek 1701 for the year 2022. Um, so, uh, like Richard, or uh, sorry, Ragnar and I, uh, we already uh, recorded a podcast. But this is Curtis's and Richard's first podcast of the year. Uh, so, Curtis and Richard, how was your guys' New Year? Was it? Did you have a good time? How, how was things? It was exceptionally quiet, which is good. That's yeah. we were just hanging out. I was playing some video games, and that's about it. Excellent. Yeah, I had a great time. I drank some beer and played on my computer. Pretty much perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, mine was pretty good. Got a little too drunk, but, uh, wasn't hung over the next day. So it worked out good. And Ragnar, um, uh, you know, how, how was yours? Just to refresh my memory. Oh, I had a wonderful New Year's, uh, best friend, Sin, um, and her boyfriend, Scott came down from Edmonton. Nice. Oh, I'm glad. Parents... How's she doing? Oh, great. And yeah. my parents came over and, uh, had a fondue and we played board games and stayed up till four in the morning and dude, ate a lot of food. It was awesome. Hell Actually, yes. You know, having that many people in my house, there was whatever, four or five or however many people. It was like, you know, the most people that have been in my house in a year. Yeah. And, and so it felt like quite a party, even though it really wasn't that many people. Yeah, that that was like when I went over to my uh, friend Darren's place. Like there was me, my sister, my brother-in-law, Darren, our friend John and his girlfriend, Darren's brother and his girlfriend, and then uh, all the kids because Darren's got a couple kids. My sister and brother-in-law have kids, um, and it, it was a lot of fun. Like it, you know, like it was it wasn't you know like a huge party or anything but it was just nice to get around and and all we did was really visit and i tried singing um you know uh my friend darren has a setup downstairs 
So him and my brother-in-law were playing guitars and drums, and I tried my hand at the drums, didn't do so well. Uh, apparently, you gotta like know how to read music and stuff, um, and know what you're doing. And uh, drunk singing is apparently not something I'm good at. Um, like that's I get subjective entirely. It depends on the audience. If they go away, you're fine. Well, that's the thing. Like uh, my sister was the designated driver, so she was quite sober and was able to uh, inform me of everything I tried singing the next day. Even though I, as soon as she said it, I could remember. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, I'm definitely, I definitely feel like I'm better karaoke. Um, but the live band thing, like it was fun. Like I, like I had such a good time. It was, it was a great New Year's Eve. Uh, and then, That's yeah. way more important than who thinks you can sing or not. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And I called, I called my wife and my, and my son because they were at my mother-in-law's for New Year's Eve. Um, yeah. And they, they had a good laugh at my expense. So, so it was good. It was good. And the next day you had a turkey dinner. It was, it was fantastic. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, you know, it's great to, when you can get together with a few people and just have a good time. But, uh, anyway, anyway, let, let's kick off the podcast. Um, for this episode, we're doing, you know, like, uh, we're, we're doing something a little different. Uh, for this episode, we're talking about Star Trek celebrities that we have met. Um, so, you know, the various conventions and, and uh, places that we've gone where Star Trek celebrities have been there. And uh, we're going to talk about our uh, our experiences with them. But, and I, I thought the way I would break it down uh, is by series. So I'll go, I'll throw the series out there. And then we'll go around the around the room and uh, talk about the the ones we've met, uh, and then guest stars, of course. Um, so first up, we got the Star Trek: The Original Series. Um, Richard, have you met anyone from the Star Trek Original Series? Um, I had a very brief interaction with Michelle Nichols. Mm-hmm. She was quite amazing um there's there's the vegas convention that curtis and i have been to i went the year before he and i went and there was a lady that was sitting next to me and her name is joe it's probably just so short for joanne but she had very long silver hair uh, un unmistakable like very standout and i was sitting next to her and we were talking and Michelle Nichols essentially came up and was like, hey, I remember you and your hair. And I know I just said hi and whatever. I wasn't going to get in the way, but yeah. th they had a little exchange. And I was like, that's actually pretty cool that Michelle Nichols, you know, given her age and, and whatnot, she remembers specifically this lady's hair. It's pretty cool. Awesome. That's super cool. Um, Curtis. Uh, have you met any original series stars? Um, no, not really. The, the closest I've come was when the year after Richard was just talking about, he and I were back at the Rio in Vegas for the same convention. And we saw Nichelle Nichols 
scooting along to the, the conference hall on her whatever the heck she was riding. But yeah, the biggest scooter. smile I ever saw. And she was just waving to everybody and saying hi and seemed like she was on the record. That's the closest Honestly, I've come to meeting anybody from TLS. I think that Nichelle Nichols loves the circuit. Like it keeps her you know, active and interactive with the fans and she just genuinely looked like she loved being there. It was great. Yeah. Absolutely. Um yeah, I got to meet her it, it was at an Edmonton con. I can't remember what year it was. Um and yeah, I was wearing I, I have a shirt that says Shatnerd on it. Um <laughs> It was from the 2011 Calgary Comic Expo because that was the year, one of the years that Shatner was there, and I was wearing it when I met her, and she and she laughed at it. She thought it was quite funny. Um, so I've met her. The uh, first per, first original series uh, member that I met was James Dewan, uh, Scotty, back in I want to say it was like '94. I can't remember if it was '94 or '95. I want to say 94. Um, it was in Edmonton back when uh, Creation used to do the Star Trek conventions twice a year in Edmonton. And, uh, yeah, he was just a genuinely nice dude. Uh, he has ties to the Edmonton area. Uh, at the time, I think he said his nephew lived in Edmonton. Um, and I think he himself is originally from the Edmonton, or had lived in the Edmonton area at some point. Um Really nice guy, uh, you know, he's a war hero, um, you know, and, you know, I just, oh, I just loved Scotty. So I just remember going up and getting his autograph and, and just, you know, smiling ear to ear and him being so nice to me. Cause I, I mean, I was like 14 at the time. So, um, and then, uh, the next original series cast member I met was in 2011 was William Shatner. Um, it was really cool, you know, being able to get, because I got a photo op with him, my wife and I. Um, but, yeah, it was like 30 seconds. I didn't really get to talk to him. Uh, but, it, you know, it was still, you know, like that. It was Captain Kirk, you know, like, a, you know, my first captain. Because uh, my, my Star Trek um, fandom began with the original series. You know, like, I was born in 1980, and, like, my mom told me like when i was a toddler i used to love star trek she just put it on and i would you know watch it so my my love for star trek began with the original series so it was like it was especially thrilling to meet william shatner um and then it was nichelle nichols and then the last original series cast member i met was george takai um before pre-pandemic i want to say it was 2019 it was before before the shit hit the fan with uh, COVID and all that. And not only did I meet um, George Takai, I met his husband. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Um, super, his name is Brad. Brad, yes, Brad. Uh, super nice guy. Like, you know, like I was standing in line for probably an hour and a half. And I was one of, like, the first people there, too. Like, I, I made sure I got my, my spot in line. And I, I stood there for, well, it might not have been, it might have been an hour. And, uh, but it was worth it. Um, but Brad actually 
came out <clears throat> from behind the table and actually like introduced himself to everybody and like shook everyone's hand. Um, <clears throat> so that was really cool. That was really nice. He introduced himself and, um, it was really, really cool, you know, like that he was doing that. And then, um, when it came to autograph time, I actually, cause, uh, one of the picture options was a picture of George and Brad together. So I actually got Brad's autograph as well. Like when I got George's autograph. That's um, super cool, man. Yeah, no, yeah. <clears throat> he was like genuinely a, a nice guy. Like George was great too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, um, like there was a lady, um, in front of me, like, uh, that was talking about talking to him about that. She works in, a, a senior's home. And there was a lady there who had been in an internment camp during the war and oh, because yeah. She, yeah she's got alzheimer's um so like her in her mind she's back there uh so this lady was talking about how she works with her and all this other stuff and then of course george was talking because he had been in an internment camp as a kid during the war and it, it, it was really uh you know it, it was, you know really sad and but yet george was so understanding and nice um, you know, even though, like, it wasn't me talking to him, like, just listening to him talk to this lady about everything, and it, it, it was, it was a nice experience, for sure. Um, all right, Ragnar, have you met any original series stars? Yeah, um, but before I get into that, I just wanted to say, I think that's really cool, um, <clears throat> that you got to meet Brad. Mm -hmm. Um, it happens occasionally at these cons that you get to meet the celebrity's spouse or family. Yep. And I always think that's really neat. Um, sometimes they have their own take on things and their own stories that can be really interesting. And I mean, in your case, like that is so cool that you got to meet both of them and you got an autograph from both of them. Yep. Cause loads of people will have a George Takai autograph, but not that many people will also have his husband's autograph. Right. Yep. Um, so I just think that's really cool. Good for you. Um, so I got to meet Nichelle Nichols. Um, it was actually in Halifax at HalCon. Hmm. And, uh, it was towards the end of the day and she was looking pretty tired and she had a cup of tea with like an actual China cup with tea in it, not like a paper cup. And she was very friendly and very kind and I got her autograph and, you know, talk to her for a few minutes so i could see that she was tired so i didn't want to you know hang hang around too long or anything but she was very very friendly and very very kind woman um and then i did meet um walter koning who played chekhov one time but it was at the winnipeg comic con and he was just wandering around the hall before it opened and so he stopped by my table, and uh, the girl I was dating at the time, she talked to him, but I, I just sort of said hi, and that was it. Mm -hmm. And he was wearing a Star Trek, the motion picture cast and crew jacket, which obviously he, it was very well worn. He probably worn it every day since the movie was filmed. <laughs> and uh, that was kind of neat. Um, and I, I, the reason I barely talked to him was I didn't recognize who he was. 
And it wasn't until he left and I saw the jacket that I connected the dots and went, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, no. But, oh, well. Um, <laughs> and then I also got to meet um, the guy who wrote The Trouble with Tribbles episode. David episode. Gerald. His name is David Gerald. Nice. And uh, it was at this this small sci-fi con in Edmonton called Pure Spec. Which I think is not a thing anymore, but it was it ran for yep. fifteen or twenty years. Yeah, I, I never and attended, was, but I totally cool. remember those. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I sold at it a few times. I did okay, and it was a really fun event. And they they didn't have a lot of money, so they would bring in celebrities, but it was never big names. It was you know this guy wrote an episode of this, or this guy you know had one line in this thing, and. Yep. It was kind of neat. Sometimes those smaller celebrities can be really interesting to meet. Yep. Um, so I, I got a copy of the script, and I got him to sign it. But uh, I don't know. At the time, I couldn't think of anything to ask him. So, you know, now, if I went back in time and I got to meet him again, I would ask him for his opinion on the DS9 episode where they revisit that episode. But at the time, I was just like, oh, cool. Sign this. Thanks. Yeah. And that was it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, no, that, that's awesome. That's actually a nice segue into the next generation because, um, according to a lot of sources, David Gerald actually was the main guy responsible for the next generation Bible. Like, apparently, Gene Roddenberry, it, according to Gene Roddenberry, he created the next generation. But there are people that say that david gerald actually wrote the show bible like he's the one that you know defined who picard was defined who Riker was uh so uh, you know like if i ever met david gerald i'd like to ask him that like is it true like that you yeah basically kind of created the next generation like he should have like some people think say he should have got a co-created co-created by credit um but you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see what his take is. Um, all right, Curtis, have you met any Next Generation stars? I've been panicked and thinking about that for the last few minutes, but I don't think I have, no. <clears throat> okay. Wow. Not a problem. Um, I mean, well, that's not true, actually. Gowron was in the Next Generation. Yeah, mm -hmm. there you okay. go. So, yeah, I did. I met probably at the same time all of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> met him at Vulcan a few years ago. It was yeah. uh, I think Mark Oakland was there that year. I think it was most yep. of the, the one where it was like all DS9 people. Yep. Yeah, it was awesome. Yep. That was a yeah, good year. He was uh, he he would not talk on stage until we gave him an acceptable kapla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really and, cool uh, guy. That's really all I remember. But yeah, met him. Excellent. Um. As far as the series go, it's the Next Generation cast that I've actually met everyone. Um, so, the f like, the first celebrity I ever met, uh, and I've, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but I'll talk about it again, uh, was Marina Sirtis. I met her back in 92 at my very first Star Trek convention I ever went to. Uh, again, it was the old creation conventions, like when they used to come twice here to Edmonton. And so this would have been when Next Generation was in season six. Um, that week 
or that Friday, the episode Relics had just come out. So that's the episode. Hold on a second. Sorry to interrupt. You said um, 1992? Yep. Are you sure that was season six? I'm yep. Just... Wait, it hold on. It started in 88, bro. Yeah, not... no, it started in 87. 89, 87. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I, I thought for some reason I thought it was 89, but you're right. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I so. Brain fire. Yeah, no, it's all good. It, yeah, it was season six. I was 92, and it was like Oct- the end of October. And the Next Generation episode Relics had just come out. That's the one with Scotty. Um, and, yeah, I just, I remember just being awestruck. Like, she was so beautiful. She's so beautiful back then. Um, and, like I said, my first celebrity I ever, re- you know, big celebrity I'd ever met. And, uh, yeah, she was just, I remember being in awe of her. Then the next one I met was... Michael Dorn as Worf, and that would have been, uh, when was it, I think it was like a year later, so I want to say like the fall of 93, Um, so when TNG was in its seventh season, or maybe, no, maybe it was March of 94, I can't remember now, it's, I think it might have been March of 94, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say that, March of 94, because October of 93, it was Riker, and I didn't go to that one. But he wasn't signing autographs anyway, so it wasn't, wasn't a big deal. But I remember, uh, you know, Michael Dorn, uh, he was a super nice guy. Um, and then the next one I met was LeVar Burton in 2011 in Edmonton. He was at uh, a, a, a convention at the Shaw Conference Center. I can't remember what the con was called. It was just a little, it was like a Sunday convention. Uh, oh, that was probably the Edmonton Collector Con. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned yeah, that. Which, I, or something like that. And it eventually, eventually it became the Edmonton Expo. Yeah. Yeah. got bought, the, the, the company that ran Edmonton Expo <laughs> bought that show and turned it into that. Yeah. It was like a little independent show and it kind of exploded. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was uh, quite, yeah. It was quite good. Um, yeah. And that was, like, the first convention I ever... Like, cause like the last convention I went to prior to that was when I met Scotty. So that was, like, 94, maybe, I think. So, like, it had been a few years. So it was kind of weird, like, because I didn't realize I had to pay for his autograph. Because at the old creation conventions, um, you didn't pay for autographs. You just waited in line and and you got an autograph. So, you know, when we got up to the table and I realized, oh, I got to pay for that. I was just so lucky I had, because normally I don't carry cash with me, but at that time I I had enough cash to pay for his autograph. I think it was like 30 bucks or 40 bucks. I can't remember. Um, But that was like a learning experience for me. Um, And then 2012... Or no, sorry, 2011, it was the same year I met Shatner, I met Jonathan Frakes. Um, super nice guy. Uh, my wife talked to him probably more than I did. Um, yeah, super friendly guy. Um, and then the year later, 2012, Calgary, or no, sorry, 
the Edmonton, the 2012 Edmonton Collectors Con, uh, they had John Delancey. They had Q. So I met him there. Like, another super nice guy. Like, uh, like I've heard people say he was he's a dick to meet. I didn't experience that. Like, he was really friendly to me. Um, and then, like, a month later, I attended the 2012 Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo. And that was the big... That was the 25th anniversary of TNG, so they had, like, a big reunion. They had all the original series cast uh, of The Next Generation there. And by that, I mean they had, like, the, the, the Super 7... Plus they had Will Wheaton, plus they had um, uh, Denise Crosby. You know, the original nine cast members of season one. Um, so yeah, like I met, uh, I, I got Troy and Worf's autographs again. I got Denise Crosby's autograph. I got a photo op with Brent Spiner and Gates McFadden. Um a photo op with Patrick Stewart, um, photo op with Will Wheaton. He, you know, and everyone was great. Like, except for Marina Sirtis. I thought she was kind of a, she wasn't, she wasn't very friendly. Uh, when I met her, she might've been having a bad day. I don't know. Um, so yeah, like I, you know, I think that's pretty much everyone from TNG that I can think of. I still got to meet, uh, Chief O'Brien, I guess that's more Deep Space Nine, but you got to start in TNG. I've never met him. I wanted to meet him. Um, Can I cut in? Uh, yes. Go ahead, Curtis. I just remembered something. Uh, when Richard and I were in Vegas in 2012, it was the 25th anniversary of TNG, and Sir Patrick Stewart couldn't be there because he was busy carrying the torch for the Queen at the Olympics, which oh, I guess... Yep. As far as excuses go, that's a pretty good. That's one. a pretty good one. <laughs> um, but there was this dude and his wife who flew in from England, and this guy. I'm going to put a picture in the Skype chat right now. You you have to see this picture to believe it. This guy looks so much like Patrick Stewart that the news crew that was there oh, covering wow. covering the event was uh, asking him for photo ops and taking his picture. So we, we didn't get to meet Patrick Stewart, but we got to meet a dude who looks a lot like Patrick Stewart. Who's that girl with him? Uh, his wife. Wow. She is hot. Yeah. I love that uniform. Yeah. I love that. Uh, why they got rid of that, the, the mini skirt uniform, I, I don't understand. I'll put that picture up on the uh, the podcast page on Facebook if anyone's cute. you got to see how this man is the spitting image of Picard. I'll, I'll, I'm going to, crap, is he ever, I'm going to save yeah, it. He looks just like him. I'm going to save this picture and I, and I'll put it up with, uh, with, uh, if you go to our website for, uh, the pop culture pub podcast network, I'm going to put it up with this episode, but <clears throat> yeah, he looks sure, good. I'll but... give you the other ones I have and then you can pick which one you like. He, yeah, he definitely looks a lot like Patrick Stewart, but I'm I'm just starstruck by his wife. Holy schmoly! Wow. Good, good on him. If only I could convince my wife to wear something like that. <laughs> wow, lots of lots of good pictures there. Thank you, Curtis. That's a good one. Um, 
but yeah, that that's that's all I got for for TNG. Um, so uh, Ragnar, have you met any Next Generation stars? Uh, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to meet quite a few of the the TNG cast members. Um, what I've been doing is I've been collecting TNG autographs for my mom. Oh, um, nice! I got into Star Trek through my mom. And she got into Star Trek through her father, my grandfather. And I remember as a kid watching Next Generation with with my grandpa uh, when we were visiting him before he died. Um, but DS9 has always been my more favorite one. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched every episode of DS9 when it originally aired with my mother on, on uh, you know, Peasant Vision with the rabbit ears and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyways... Um, in my line of work, I sell the stuff I make at a lot of comic conventions and sci-fi conventions and anime conventions. Yeah. So I have the opportunity sometimes to meet these celebrities, and, and every now and then a celebrity will come to my table. And so uh, I decided, and my mom, and I think a lot of people find this, moms can be hard to shop for. Mm-hmm. My mom's always been hard to shop for, so... It was the perfect solution. I'll get her Star Trek autographs. And she just loves them. Like, just over the moon loves them. Um, so I haven't got... I haven't met everyone. I haven't got the entire cast. It's definitely, you know, something I'm working towards. Um, so one of my favorite ones was I met uh, Dr. Crusher, uh, Gates McFadden. Nice. And she was... She looked like almost exactly the same as she had in the show. And I mean, I met her maybe five years ago. So yep. the fact that she barely has aged was remarkable. And she was nice. But uh, she spelled galaxy wrong on the autograph. Hmm. Um, so she signed it. You know, my mom's name is Janet. So she signed it to Janet, the best mom in the galaxy. You know, love Gates McFadden. But she spelled galaxy with two L's, and it just bothered me so much that I didn't know what to do. Like, what do you do? Do you do you ask them to spell it properly and get a new autograph? Like, I don't know. So well, I think it's sort of weird and also a bit funny. It's unique. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah. So my mom's got a really unique autograph anyways. Um, and... Um, I've got her autographs from Jordy and from Data and Riker and Counselor Troy. And when I met Counselor Troy, it was all the way up in the Yukon, in, in Whitehorse. Oh, wow. At the Yukon Comic Con, which huh. is very small, but was super awesome. Yeah. Um, at that point in my life, I was dating Sin, who's my best friend, but, you know, we were dating at that point. We were a fucking terrible couple and all we did was fight but we love each other and we're wonderful friends now yeah anyways at that time we were dating and when we met went and met her she could tell that we'd been arguing i don't even remember what about and so she was like you guys seem nice and i'm a counselor on a starship so i'm going to give you some relationship advice (laughs) <laughs> oh, it was so funny. I don't even remember what she said, but it was it was sweet and endearing and really funny, and we both laughed until we cried. So it was awesome. Cool. 
Um, and um, I think I've got her a few other ones too. Uh, oh, and I got her a wharf, a wharf and a data. Um, and unfortunately, when I met Michael Dorn, and I was fucking pumped to meet him, um, because of course it's no secret that I love Klingons, and yep. he's, you know, my second favorite Klingon after Martok, and I mean, really, I like Worf a lot. And uh, so it was at the Edmonton Expo. I was selling at the show. I had uh, probably Sin cover the table so that I could go and meet him, and I was the first person in line at the autograph um, stand when it opened at, like, you know, four in the afternoon on a Thursday. And he was not friendly, and he did not want to be there. Uh, he was wearing headphones and listening to music and he didn't make eye contact and he really didn't have anything to say. And I tried to engage him. I had questions for him and I, I got like a whole pile of autographs because I got one for my mom and one for myself and one for Sin's mom. And, uh, which, you know, like, that's like 150 bucks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he didn't really want to be there basically just signed them and never looked up and that was that. So that is <laughs> yeah. kind of sad to hear, but it's, it's understandable. Like even celebrities, they're, they're humans and you know, well, they I, get into bad moods and whatnot. Right. No. And, and I, I appreciate that. I mean, I work the circuit. I, I get that way myself. Sometimes I, I understand, but I also feel like, you know what? You're a celebrity. If you don't want to be at the table, don't yeah they can do that they can say you know what i need a break and they can just leave and they have masseuses and chefs waiting behind the curtains to to do everything they can to make the experience you know comfortable and easy for the celebrities and if you don't want to be there then don't be there because it it's a real bummer when you stand in line and you fork over a a, you know, big chunk of money, and then the celebrity basically acts like they hate your guts. Yeah, it's yeah, I, to- I, I totally agree. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna quickly jump back and say, yeah, like when I first met Michael Dorn, like back in like whatever it was, '94, super nice dude. Like he was super chill, friendly. But when I met him again in 2012, yeah, he was not having a good day. Like he was super grumpy. I asked if I could take his picture and like, and he like barely looked up and like, I wasn't even going to try and take a selfie with him at that point. Cause it's like, yeah. Uh, and then, and then with Marina Sirtis, like, um, so what happened was in 2012, they had like this big reunion for the next generation in Calgary. Uh, but what happened was the, uh, organizers oversold the convention so there was too many people inside and then the fire marshals like shut it down they're like nobody's allowed oh. nobody's allowed in no more no one else is allowed in so you know there was people that came like from Saskatchewan drove there showed up at like noon and were refused to be allowed in because of the fire marshals on a Saturday um so I like, cause I had parked my car out in the parking lot. So originally I was, you know, running, you know, if I bought something at the convention, I'd run it out to my car, come back in. 
But then when I found that out, I was like, well, I can't go to my car because they won't let you back in. So I was like, you know, and I had bought a lot of stuff at this point by the time I found this out. So I'm carrying like two armfuls of, of stuff that I bought, right? Um, and I have these, you know, I wanted to get these autographs and, and I have these photo ops and stuff. So anyway, the the different stars each, uh, when you get to their line, they have like a price telling you how much their autograph is. So for uh, all the other Next Generation stars, they were charging $35 an autograph. Um, except for Patrick Stewart and stuff, like they charged higher. Um, except for Marina Sirtis. Her price sign said 30 So I was like, okay. So what I did was I got my money out of my wallet, and then I had to put my wallet back into my bag, and then I had my hands full, and I, you know, I tucked my the, the cash into my pocket so when I got up to the table, I could just hand the cash over, grab the picture I wanted her to sign, and she would sign it. So when I got up there, I gave the $30 to, the, to her handler or whatever, and uh, by the time I got to the, because it's like you get to the handler, and then there's one person ahead of you that gets their autograph, and then you move over. So I got to the handler, handed $30, and then I went to grab one of the pictures to get her to sign, and she's like, oh, that's $5. I'm like, what? And she's like, oh, it's $5 if you want want her to sign a picture. I'm like, well, all the other Next Generation stars, the prices, the picture's included in the price. And she's like, oh, well, the, uh, Marina's not included. So if you want that, if you want a picture uh, for her to sign, it's going to be thirty-five dollars. So for whatever reason, Marina Sirtis did this. I don't know why. So anyway, so I had to put my bags down, had to like rifle through my bag to get my wallet out. Meanwhile, the guy that is getting his picture signed is gone, and Marina's like looking at me, like mad. And then she she literally stands up and is like, "Okay, attention, everybody." Just so you know, when when you, uh, uh, if you're not prepared, you know, get your money ready and be prepared when you get up to this line. Because when you're up here and you're having to find your wallet, you're, you're holding everyone else up and you're wasting everyone's time. And I was like, holy man, like, Jesus. yeah, like she was like super snarky with me. So I, I got, I got my, the extra $5, got the picture. She literally signed it and, like, wouldn't even talk to me. Like, it's basically... Oh. And I had to, like, leave. So, you know, it's like... I, I felt like telling her, you know, bitch. You know, just charge $35. Like, everyone else. If you if that would have been on your sign, I would have had my $35 ready. Um, You know, like, $35. Then you can take a picture... Get her to sign it. Or if you don't want a picture, if you want her to sign something else that you're bringing, then whatever. It's still 35 bucks. That's what everyone else does on the Next Generation cast, except for her. She would, she, I don't know. I think she thought she would get more people if it looked cheaper, I guess. I, I don't know. But yeah, she was so very... So they pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, she was... The weirdest thing about that, usually at, at cons... The celebrity gets a guaranteed payment. You get yeah. X amount, and of course, different on every celebrity, 
plus airfare, plus meals, plus accommodation, and usually it's for you and a handler. Not always, but usually. And then, so let's let's say they tell her you're guaranteed ten thousand dollars, and if you do twelve thousand dollars of autographs, then you get half of what's over ten. Yep. So in that case, if she did twelve thousand, she'd get eleven thousand. So it's weird when the celebrities get uptight about the money part because it's like you're guaranteed getting paid this much even if nobody shows up to your autographs and yes you could get paid more if more people come through but like really lady really you know i I feel like you know you you agreed to be here you signed up for this what did you think was going to happen like everyone was going to you know well and everything prepared with military precision or well, the thing, you know? the thing that is, is, like, it's, like, all the shittiness, like, came into alignment, right? It's, like, normally I wouldn't have had so much shit with me if I had been allowed to offload it to my car. Like, normally during a convention, if I, you know, like, whatever, I buy something that's bigger, I'll run it out to my car and come back inside. But I did not have that option because as soon as I stepped out those doors, I was done. Like, they wouldn't let me back in. And I had already, like, other photo ops that I had paid for and everything. So, yeah. So, it was a a rough one. And it really kind of shattered my my love for Marina Sirtis because, you know, like I I said, when I first met her, I was just in awe. She was so beautiful. And then it's like she became the Wicked Witch of the West the second time I met her. Yeah. Um, Well, like I said, uh, when I met her, she was... She was a delight. She was friendly. She was funny. She engaged with us for a good five or ten minutes. It was you could tell she was just having a ball. And so. and that, and that's a thing. Like you know, celebrities are people too, right? Like maybe she was having a bad day. Maybe you know whatever. It, it was just one of those things. And I mean, maybe something did happen. Like because, like I said, Michael Dorn. Like I would have got his autograph shortly thereafter. And like I said, he was kind of grumpy too. So. But then, yeah. so, but then, but then Denise uh, Crosby was like the total opposite. She was like so sweet and nice and and yeah. friendly. And Patrick Stewart, like he actually, uh, that's that's a whole other story. Like standing in line for like to get his autograph. I was literally standing in line for three hours, and then some guy like there was like two people ahead of me. He's like, "Okay, line's done. There's no more autographs now." I'm like, "Oh!" After I'd been in line, I'm like, "Excuse me." So then I waited in line to get into the autograph section. And this is the line just to get into the, uh, no, sorry, the photo op area to get into that area. Like, it wasn't even to, like, get a, a, a photo op. So but so when I got into the area, I, they canceled another photo op on me as I was, like, two f- people away from getting my photo op. I can't remember who it was. No, I can't remember. But anyway... And they're like, sir, you're going to have to move. I'm like, nope, I am not moving. I'm getting a photo op. I've been waiting in line for three and a half hours. I'm getting a photo op. Um, and, and I mean, this one volunteer is trying to like, you know, you know, try, trying to be the Mr. Tough guy. And it's like, move me. I, go ahead. If you can lift me up, go ahead. And it's like, he couldn't. I, like, I, like, I, you know, he's a little, you know. 
um, one of them, you know, short, you know, big man syndrome guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then Patrick, you're, you're built like Fred Flintstone. So yeah, it's like go it's ahead. Not just anybody who's going to be able to pick you up and move you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially when I go dead weight, it's like good, good luck. Um, but Patrick, but Patrick Stewart had heard of, uh, you know, there was a bunch of us that were like pissed off because we didn't get our photo off. So he actually stayed and, and like, it's a good thing I stood my ground because I ended up getting my photo off with Patrick Stewart because I stood my ground and a lot of other people did too. So, cause there was a bunch of us that just said, nope, we're not moving. Like, you know, like we're not doing it. Um, but yes, yeah, Patrick Stewart, kudos to him. He, you know, great guy, like super nice guy. Um, and then when I, when I got my picture taken with him and then they're like, okay, um, next. And he literally looked at me and said, well done. And I was just it, like flabbergasted. Nice. I was like, well, th- 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 thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and they're like, sir, you have to leave now. Okay. Um, but it was so awesome because he said it just like Picard, you know, of course, because I mean, he's the actor that plays Picard, but the real Picard, not Picard from Star Trek Picard. But anyway, um, yeah. sorry, so, sorry, I, Ragnar, gonna, I cut you off. I'm just going to throw in there. Um, at these comic cons, a lot of times the companies who run them are super disorganized and a lot of little details get overlooked. Yeah, And then they have a huge team of volunteers, but those people get like a two-hour orientation and that's it. So a lot of times the celebrities are in a bad mood because of stuff like that, things that are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. And then the celebrities don't generally book or even agree to book. It's all done by their agents. And a lot of times it's actually done by the studios. We have this film coming out that you star in. You need to appear at this many events. They don't tell them that those events are Comic-Cons where they're going to sign autographs all day. Yeah. So they, the celebrity thinks, oh, I'm just going to a, a movie premiere, and I just got to step out and wave at the crowd and take some photos. And then they're told, oh, no, we're flying you to the Yukon so you can go hang out <laughs> with a bunch of nerds all weekend and sign autographs. And they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. They don't have a choice. Yeah. So there's things like that that can be issues. Um, so a lot of times when the celebrities are grumpy, while I still view that as very unprofessional, you're right, they are humans, and a lot of times they're mad about something else. And because they have to meet a thousand or however many people in a day, we're all just faceless to them. Yeah. And so that's why when you meet a celebrity who isn't like that, it's even more special. Like your Patrick oh, yeah. Stewart story there, um, so well, and, yeah. But and, it it is it is a real shame when you wait in line and you pay a lot of money, and then it's a an unpleasant or a super brief exchange. Yeah. Well, and like and, I, said, I mean, that's sometimes that's just how it goes. But yeah, and like I said, like with that 2012 Calgary Comic Expo, it was really disorganized. Like I said, they oversold. Fire marshals wouldn't let people in. As soon as you left, well, and, you and couldn't the fire come marshals, back in. The fire marshals, and I don't know what their problem is, but they apparently have a vendetta against Calgary Expo. Every mm-hmm. single year, 
they show up and they cause shit. You have to fireproof your tablecloths at that show. Really? Huh. Otherwise, the, and the fire marshals come by and you have to provide a sample piece of your tablecloth that they take outside and try to set on fire. And if your tablecloth isn't up to snuff, they'll make you leave the event. And I'm like, whoa, my tape. Like, what if your table's full of comic books? Yeah. Oh, the, oh, your product is destroyed. The whole place is on fire. But your tablecloth is still intact. Yeah. What the fuck does that matter? Yeah, exactly. And 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 I've done huge events all across our country. Calgary Comic Expo is the only time I've ever even seen a fire marshal at a show. And there was like a squad of them and they were checking everything. For whatever reason, they have a hate on against that event. Huh. So either somebody in the organizers pissed them off real bad, like perhaps they're supposed to be bribed and they didn't get their bribe, or maybe they just hate nerds. I don't know. But those guys have it out for the Comic Expo in Calgary. They don't care about Calgary Stampede. They don't care about the Calgary Craft Shows. They don't care about the Calgary Medieval Fair. Only Comic Expo. Hmm. And they got a hard-on for that show. Yeah, that... And yeah. So I don't know. I, if anyone from Calgary Fire Department is listening, I don't know what your problem is, but could you stop ruining the event for everyone and just, you know, be professional about it? Yeah. Well, yeah the I, rest of us here are from Edmonton, so you already know what we think about you, you filthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an Edmonton, like, I don't live in Edmonton, but I live north of Edmonton. Edmonton is my city. Uh, but I I do love Calgary though I love like I'm not like I'm not a Stamps fan I'm not a you know uh, Flames fan um, but I do love that convention when it's run properly it's it's really good um, but yeah like like I mean like that year there's a lot going on like I said but at the same time like you know like Michael Dorn Marina Service are grumpy but Brent Spiner was like super cool Gates McFadden was super awesome. Like, I got my photo up with Gates McFadden <laughs> with my son, and she was more interested in my son. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, he doesn't even know who you are. Like, he's just here because he's with me. <laughs> I'm the fan. Um, but I didn't want to say that. Yeah, but he's the lady killer. Be proud I of him. I know, I know, I know. And he, he really is. I mean, he go, he, he goes through <laughs> the women like you wouldn't believe. Awesome. Um, <laughs> now that he's a, uh, you know, 22-year-old guy, 21-year-old, going to be 22. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of him. To be young again. Yeah. Um, but I remember when we, we got our photo up with Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, su again, super nice guy, like super friendly, shook my hand everything. And my son was so excited. And I was like, oh, you know, like, and this is after. I'm like, so you, you know who he is? He's like, oh, yeah, that that's Will Wheaton. He's from the Big Bang Theory. I'm like, no! <laughs> I'm like, no! Let's go Wheaton from the next generation! But yes, you, you are right. Um, but yeah. And, and Brent, like, Brent Spiner was super nice, too. And But anyway, uh, Richard, have you met any Next Generation cast members? Uh, I've been going through my lists, and there was Robert O'Reilly, which we met. Uh, he was pretty cool. It was uh, his little... Was it, what was it? it? Was some kind of group of Klingons? I can't remember the name of it, but it was like 
you know, a group of Klingons that he sort of assembled, and it was it had its cool name and everything. And then the whole Kapla thing, that was pretty fun. Yep. But the only other interaction with a TNG star that I had was Denise Crosby. It was at the first convention I went to the first time in Vegas. And I was walking by myself down the huge, there's a huge, huge, huge long hallway to get from, like, the main area down to the rest of the area. I don't know. It's ridiculous. And it was just a long walk. So I'm like, I'm walking back, you know, just taking my time and coming at me and towards me is Denise Crosby. And I'm wearing the first, um, the first costume uniform that I'd ever had made. And Which it was, was this, one of the gold ones. It was a gold one. And it was sort of in the style of like the longer one, like the, um, Gates McFadden wears, except it's the gold one, and it was. Mm. Anyways, yeah, <clears throat> I still have it somewhere. But I'm walking down, and you know, we come cross paths, and she's like, "Hey, that's a nice uniform," and I'm like, "Oh, thank you very much." And I just kind of like, kind of like chuckled, and it was Washington. like, <laughs> 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 "Yeah, Crosby me complimented my uniform," and then I just sort of like appropriate response. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then she was just. All smiles, and she was super friendly. A very quick interaction, but it was just really genuine, yep. uh, specifically. And there's only been, like, a handful of times I've heard about, like, extremely genuine interactions. And I got another genuine interaction for the next series, but this one was probably one of my favorites. Because Denise Crosby, of course, but... Yeah, that's pretty much all I have for TNG that I can recall. Almost. Um, we have one more, you and I. TNG? S- s- sort of, sort of. We saw um, Robert O'Reilly playing a Batleth guitar, singing yeah. Johnny Be Good at the top of the Rio. With Martok. With Martok. That's awesome. Batleth guitar singing Johnny Be Good. And there's pictures of that on the, on the Facebook page as well. Yeah, so the captain's chair package that we got and it included tickets to this this party and robert o'reilly and martok were as the band essentially and it was a a standard batleth guitar and the um the batleth of kls um yeah 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 sort you know the one guitar. the sort of kls guitar super dope super super dope it was a crazy party they had like a Constitution class enterprise carved out of a block of ice. They were serving mm-hmm. rum and ale and serving it had, it had fog coming out of it and everything. Yep. Awesome. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll kick off the next round. But before I do, I, I want to share my Denise Crosby story. Um, again, I met her in 2012. And I got to tell you, like Denise Crosby, when I was, you know, uh, a young lad watching The Next Generation, I had a mad crush on Denise Crosby uh, and Marina Sirtis, but more uh, Denise Crosby. Because um, I got, like, even now, like that episode, The Naked Now, that was, I think, the f- first time I ever saw, like, Underboob. Like, that, that, that outfit she was wearing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That outfit she was wearing. I remember thinking, classic, like, classic. How do, how how does how do they stay in there? Like how how, how do they you know like it, it just mystified me. 
physics of this is beyond me. Physics is insane. <laughs> it was like reverse cleavage, and I was like, it, it astounded me, and you know, um, so I, I had many a dream about that uh, growing up. So anyway, you know, I decided, you know, 2012, I was going to meet my one of my childhood crushes. I went and I went to the table to meet uh, Denise Crosby. Now I gotta I gotta uh, say point out my mom um, I don't know she went through this phase where she you know she would say darling all the time you know like how how you doing darling is everything okay darling and I'm you know I don't know where she got I, she got it from her friend and she started like using this in her vocabulary in a regular basis. So anyway, I'm in line to meet Denise Crosby, you know, one of my childhood crushes, you know, and, and you know, when I got to her table, I grabbed that picture from the Naked Now with the underboob because, you know, it, you know, one of the best outfits ever. your dreams and it was time. Yeah. <laughs> and as I, as I get up to meet her, she looks right at me and says, how you doing, darling? And... Like any, like my, my manhood, I think shriveled up and like, you know, it, it was like, I, I went into like minus 50 degree temperature. Ooh. Um, like it, it, it hid. I'm like, like my crush, like I was just shattered. It's like my childhood crush sounds like my mom. This is wrong in so many levels. <laughs> um, but super nice. Like my son was with me and she, you know, she was super friendly to him and everything, but I just, I can't, you know, uh, it, it, it was just unfortunate. It was unfortunate that she had to say that because as soon as she said that, I, all I could think of was my mom and yeah, not good, not good guys. But anyway, super, like, like I said, super friendly as, as your cycle as your psychoanalyst, we're going to have to dig into this in our next session, Chris. <laughs> yeah, moms and underboobs don't belong in this same. I know <laughs> it's like it's like everything everything was colliding. It's like you know, and 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 you know, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But she was super friendly, and actually, Curtis, you know, because uh, we haven't brought up Star Trek Online tonight. Um, I did talk to her about Star Trek Online because you know, because Sela uh, was the Empress. And we actually were talking yes. about that a little bit um, when I met nice. her. Yeah, even though I even though I wasn't playing Star Trek Online, um, like I had tried it when it initially launched, so that would have been like I want to say 2011, 2010, something like that. Out there, yeah. Um, so I knew a little bit about it, and I had heard I think on a different podcast actually that they had mentioned that she was the Empress. So I was asking her about it, and and yeah, so it was, it was a nice little discussion. All right, well, let's move on to Deep Space Nine. So I'll kick it off for this round. Um, the second uh, celebrity, uh, major celebrity I ever met um, was a Deep Space Nine celebrity. It was during Deep Space Nine's first season. So we're going all the way back to 1993. It was March 1993, and that was Nana Visitor. Um yeah, and I think, like, she came to Edmonton with one of the creation conventions, and I think it was one of her first conventions she had ever been to. She, you know, like, she was, like, 
Deep Space Nine was had only been on the air like a couple months at that point. Um, and yeah, she was just super sweet and beautiful and nice and um, yeah, she was uh, just absolutely fun uh, to see on stage and I got her autograph. So yeah, so fast forward to the convention when I think we all met each other for the first time. That was like 2014? Except Ragnar. Yeah, yeah, it was 2014 Vulcan. Okay, so the three of us had met, but we, not Ragnar at that point. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we met Nanad yeah, then. I knew, I knew Richard and Curtis separate from you for quite a few years. Yep. Yeah, but I think... But I, I think it was at the Star Trek convention that we met. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I remember going to your booth for sure. Um, but yeah, so I think it's your booth that sort of like is like a hub, you know what I mean? Because we met you at your booth and we just like the two of us, like Curtis and I were just like, yo, we have like a kindred spirit, you know, this like homie and then extra money to burn. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so like it just worked out really well. Uh, I definitely appreciate your booth and your, you know, profession in particular. Just want to throw that out there. Excellent. Um, yeah, so yeah, so fast forward, I guess, 21 years between when I met her. Um, so yeah, it was like 2014, met her at, uh, in Vulcan uh, with Rene Arbuchonois. Uh, again, two super nice people. And their chem- they had such good, great chemistry. Like you could tell they were genuinely good friends. Uh, and also Chase Masterson was there that year, Lita from Deep Space Nine. Um, I think that's the only Deep Space Nine people I've met. Well, no, 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 sorry. Uh, I met Sirach, uh, Lofton, um, again at, at Vulcan. Uh, same with Iris Stephen Bear, the showrunner of, of Deep Space Nine. And Hannah Hayte, uh, who was little little Molly during the show. And she's still little, um, even though she's an adult. But she's, oh, she's very tiny. She's a very tiny person. Uh, well, and then Andrew uh, Robinson Andrew was there Robinson. that year. Yeah, Andrew Andrew Robinson, Garrick, uh, and then of course Galron. We you know met Galron as well. Um, all right, uh, Ragnar, you're Deep Space Nine people. So. So Deep Space Nine, as I mentioned before and, and in previous podcasts, is my favorite Star Trek franchise. Oh, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I, think, I think it's a, I for all of us, I think it is. I, I think so. Um, yep. That's, a, that's what I brought us together as a podcast. Saying that. Um, although yep. I, I know that, that Richard and Curtis are really into the new Picard series. but uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's, it's the best Star Trek I've ever that, seen in my life. Yeah. Just throwing that it's, out there. It's the best Star Trek I've never seen. If you're new there to if you're, if you're new to this podcast listener, that is like a big insult what Ragnar just threw out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like if we we're in the same yeah, room. Yeah, we're fighting next time we are in the same That's room. Right. <laughs> Challenge to yeah. the death with that. <laughs> yep. Well, no, maybe just a slap fight until one of us cries and then okay. <laughs> Um anyways, I remember being a little boy and watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine for my, with my mom for the very first time, the very first episode on its original air date. 
Nice. And we watched every week. We watched the next episode until we seen the entire series. It's likely, especially given that I was a, a preteen and then a teenager, that I, you know, I'm sure we missed a few episodes here and there. But mm-hmm. I remember watching the, the first one and, and watching it with my mom every week and watching the series finale. So DS9 holds a very special place in my heart. And, and just just <clears throat> to, just to add for our younger listeners. When you missed an episode when it originally aired, you had to wait. Yeah, you missed it. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't get to watch. You couldn't just watch it because it was streaming. You had to wait literally months to watch that episode again. But sorry, Ragnar, continue. And, and hope that you were able to catch it on a yeah. rerun. Yeah. Because they didn't yeah. on the reruns. They didn't always air them in any kind of order. So you know, sometimes if you missed it, you missed it. Yep. Um. So, and then, like I said, in my line of work, I get to go to a lot of these different shows. So I've met a big chunk of the DS9 cast, and I've collected autographs for myself. I don't think I've taken very many, if any, pictures. Um, I usually find, as a vendor, that autographs are faster, and since this is my income source, I have to be conscious of how much time I'm away from the table for. So autographs are usually what I get. Um, I believe that the first DS9 cast member I met was Nana Visitor. Um, I've never been clear if it's Nana or Nana. Nana sounds pretentious. Nana sounds like somebody's grandma. I'm not sure what she prefers. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about. She played Kieran, Kieran Norris. And I met her in Saskatoon at the Saskatoon Comic Expo. And... This is me maybe eight, seven, eight years ago. And her physical beauty stopped me in my tracks. Mm -hmm. She is so beautiful in real life. It was insane. And obviously she's not dressed in pajoran makeup or costume and her hair has gone, you know, silver. But other than that, she looks the same. And... She was super friendly. There was a sparkle in her eye. She was happy to be there. And as a little kid and then a teenager, I only had eyes for Jadzia Dax. Mm-hmm. I thought Und- Kieran Reese was just a badass warrior. I never thought of her as a sexual being. Understandable. Understandable. And that's probably why I didn't like, you know, the, the second Dax character when they recast her. Because I, I was so in love with Jadzia. Dare you. When I watch the show now, I don't <laughs> feel that way. But as a kid that's and a teenager, that's how I did. I felt the same way, buddy. And so after I met her and got her autograph, I was like, when I watch DS9 now, I'm like, man, Kira is a babe. And they make no bones about that. But I was blind to it on the original viewing. Um. So that's kind of neat how how that can change your perspective. Meeting the meeting the actor or actress can change your perspective on the character. Um, but my my probably my favorite DS9 cast member story is when I met Avery Brooks, who plays Captain Cisco. Captain Cisco is my favorite Star Trek captain. Um, I love all of the captains for different reasons, mm-hmm. but. Cisco's my favorite because DS9's my favorite. 
And so it was at the Winnipeg Comic Con, and I was super stoked to go meet him. And he was very friendly and very engaging, but he definitely has an intense energy. And mm -hmm. and you sort of feel like it wouldn't be that hard to make him go off the rails. But not, not necessarily scary, just feels like he might burst into song and do a dance number or something. It, he's got an odd energy to him. Um, or at least he did the day I met him. But he was very friendly, and I was super excited to meet him. And nobody else was in line, so I got to talk to him for, you know, a good 10, 15 minutes. And I explained to him, you know, I love DS9. It's my favorite Star Trek series. You were my favorite Star Trek captain. I, I always wish that they would do another season or a movie or something where you come come back and everybody else is aged but you haven't and i told him about how as a little boy i watched the very first episode with my mom on peasant vision you know the tv with the the rabbit ears yeah and he just looked at me and he was like okay the show is old but it's not that old it's not rabbit ears old and i said to him well you know i was poor as a kid we were poor we didn't have cable. We had rabbit ears. And he's yeah. like, mm, okay. Yeah. And then he starts, for the rest of the conversation, he referred to me as rabbit ears. <laughs> so he would say, oh, rabbit ears over here thinks this, and rabbit ears over here thinks that. It was really funny. And then I said, well, you know, the funniest thing is that my father worked in television. He was a news cameraman, but we didn't have the cable TV that he worked on at home because he was too cheap and he just thought that was the icing on the cake. He just howled with laughter at that. And so that, that was really great. Um, and yeah, and he's a really cool dude. I was so happy to meet him. I wish I'd gotten a picture, but like I said, I was just doing autographs and, uh, it, it was one of those awesome moments where you get to meet your heroes and they deliver, you know, sometimes you meet your heroes and you're like, well, you know, like when I met Michael Dorn, I'm like, wow, what a dick. Yeah. As, you know, in this case, it was like, oh, man, this was the, like, highlight of my nerdy life. So, yeah. Um, so that was really cool. Um, def definitely one of my favorite celebrity interactions and, and, and my favorite Star Trek celebrity interaction. But I've also got to meet um, Galron. I got to meet Garrick. I got to meet... Um, um, Hannah Hate, who played um, O'Brien's daughter. can't think of the character's name right now. Molly. Molly. Molly, thank you. And, of course, she's was absolutely beautiful in real life now that she's grown up. And um, I haven't met any either of the Daxes. I haven't met Bashir. And I haven't met O'Brien. But of all the people I haven't met that I would really love to meet, um, and you have to pardon me, I'm having trouble with names tonight, the Cardassian villain who is so compelling. Mark Alamo. Goldicott. Christ, I don't know why I'm having trouble with names tonight, but I am. That one surprises me, my friend. Yeah, I would just love me. to meet him so much, and I need some villain autographs, because the only villainous autograph on my DS9 wall is from Jeffrey Combs, or Coombs, however you want to pronounce it. And he was really cool, too, and he was he was very friendly and very engaging. That's awesome. Um, although he was, dis he was disappointed... 
that I didn't choose the Ferengi autograph because that was, he said, Brunt was his favorite character to play, but he, he enjoys playing any character who gets to be dead. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and I actually met him at a reanimator reunion. So he was probably also surprised that I didn't go for the reanimator autograph, but I was like, ah, reanimator, good movie, but man, DS9 is way better. Oh, I'd love I got to point out, though, honorable mention, Iris Stephen Bear almost bought rings from Ragnar and Vulcan. Yeah, yeah, he was cool. Um, yep. When I met when I met him, I, you know, I I knew who he was, but I didn't really know what he looked like. So when I met him in person, I was like, "Has anybody ever told you you look a lot like Rob Halford from Judas Priest?" And he got super defensive. Immediately got defensive, and he was like, <laughs> no. "I'm." Just, and I'm like, oh, okay, so people have told you this before, and they they think that the only th- the only takeaway you have from from Judas Priest's musical legacy is that Rob Halford is gay. Weird. But anyways, yeah, that's what he said. Well, he um, but he was he was an interesting character, and he had a purple beard. Yep. And uh, I definitely talked to him for quite a while, but other than the Judas Priest bit, I don't remember what what we talked about. Well, I I gotta say, like, um, I am super jealous that you got to meet not just Avery Brooks, but Jeffrey Combs, because those are two of my favorite Star Trek actors, definitely. Um, I was gonna point out that Iris Stephen Bear is the co-executive producer of Outlander, which people tell me is a good show, but it seems like a romance show to me, but... I, I'm really thinking about watching it just for, because Iris Stephen Bears involved. Um, uh, I just wanted to I just wanted to touch on a couple things, Ragnar. You said about Avery Brooks yeah. that he was kind of intense and stuff. Um, yeah, I find uh, it, it, when because he teaches acting, right? I can't remember what university he teaches at, or taught acting at. But I find the actors that teach acting are like that. Like they're super intense mm-hmm. because they're like, like they can like just you know with a snap of a finger like jump into a character. And I and yeah. I, I imagine Avery Brooks is like that. Um, I um I very much I very much had the sense from him that his intensity came from a from a place of passion. And I don't mean like sexual passion. I mean just like this is a man who is so proud of what he does and so dedicated to his craft. Yep. Um, that it comes off to somebody who doesn't work in that industry as sort of intense or perhaps even weird. And I, I suspect you're right. It's 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 probably because of of what you were just saying there, Chris. Well, I I remember um, back like when I seen the Na Visitor the first time, her talking about Avery Brooks because she was talking about the scene that she did in an episode uh, where she wasn't sure how to go about it, so she actually like consulted Avery Brooks and asked you know, you know basically asked his advice, and it was a scene that didn't involve Cisco at all. Like it was, I think it was from the episode. Where she has to move that far, like that Bajoran farmer from that moon, um, in season one, and so anyway, um, even though Avery Brooks like wasn't like 
filming like that afternoon or whatever, when she was doing her scenes like that she had practiced with him, he actually came to the set and actually like stood behind the camera and like watched her. And I guess like he was like crouched down. He was like, like, like watching her intently. And, and like, he, he is like an actor's actor. Like he's really, um, good that way in, in teaching his fellow actors, you know, when they're struggling, what to do. So I, anyway, I just remembered that her talking about that, um, you know, back in 1993, like that's crazy, you know, but it's one of the things I remember from, from her on stage. Um, and yeah, Jeffrey Combs, like he, he is on my list of Star Trek celebrities I want to meet. I want to, I, I want to meet Alexander Sadig because I, you know, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on Star Trek Doctors, but I love Bashir. And Oh, I love Bashir. Yeah, there there was uh, a group I'm a part like one of the Star Trek groups I'm a part of on, on Facebook and he was voted voted the least liked doctor in Star Trek. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good doctors in Star Trek. Like I mean I love McCoy. I yeah. like like pretty much well, all the know, doctors I'm... I like. I would make the argument that all the doctors are great, but I don't yeah. think I would vote him in the bottom. Yeah, like I think you know, and a lot of people are saying, well, he was arrogant when he first showed up, and he was this, and he was that. I was like, and he was that was the character. Yeah, uh, he, was, and, he was arrogant, and he was a player. And, and but the and, thing is, I, I wouldn't. And he has to learn, you know, and he has to learn humility and and how to keep it in his pants. Yeah, he was just a he was just a young man, but he was brilliant. Um, yeah. You know, so I don't know, like, I don't know when, when I seen that, I, I, it's, but then again, it's like, so, cause I love flocks. I love the doctor from yeah, Voyager. I, could, I love McCoy. I couldn't, Crusher. I couldn't pick a worse, like I couldn't say this it's doctor is question. Worst. Like who's the worst Star Trek doctor? I don't know. I refuse to answer. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like, even doctor, I'd, I'd have to say whoever's the doctor in discovery. Cause yeah, <laughs> But he, but I'll say but even like then, I, I'm pretty sure the doctor in that was actually pretty good. Yeah, he he's he's a good actor. You know, it's just he's yeah. shitty writing. Like Doctor Pulaski, yeah, not, you know, it's not the actor's fault. The show sucks. Yeah, like even Doctor Pulaski. When they're Pulaski, filming like, the show, when they're when they're on the set filming the show, the actors might feel that the show is awesome, and it's not necessarily until they see it on TV that they realize, oh. This isn't what we thought it was going to be. Well, yeah, because you're just filming a scene. Like, you're not, like, and especially, like, nowadays uh, with the internet and stuff, a lot of these actors don't even get the full scripts. So they don't even know, no. like, what's going on until they see it. And then they're like, ooh, you know. Oh, I, I imagine they're saying, ooh. Um, but, yeah, Jeffrey Combs, like, I, oh, I'd love to meet that man. I'd love to pick his brain. Um, such a great actor. Um, all right, Richard, uh, your Deep Space Nine encounters. Uh, there's been a couple. Um, I gotta say about Jeffrey Coombs, though, I can't remember if it was 2011 or the 2012 convention I went to with Curtis, but he did a one-man play, um, Edgar Allan Poe, um, uh, Nevermore, Raven, I think it's called Nevermore, something that particular mm-hmm. that particular set and he did it by himself and it was fucking incredible he's like okay we're about to start 
you know, he's going to get in character. He's like, the doors need to stay shut. Like, it's dark. This is, like, a big deal for him. And it was probably one of the coolest, like, displays of just general acting I've ever seen. And it was he was so into it. And just, like, he seemed like a really cool guy. I never got to meet him or get autograph, unfortunately. But you'd have to say that. Um, one of my favorite interactions... Actually, no, I'll let Curtis tell that story because it's more for him. Um, I just happened to be there. We kind of got lucky there. But Nana Visitor, amazing. Ragnar is right about everything he said about her and her um, her smile. It's just mm-hmm. it's natural. It's real, you know, and, and she talks to you like a person, not like um, not like a nerd at a convention. You know, we we had breakfast with her and we were just chatting. And Renee was really nice too. We had a good conversation with him, and there was another some sort of backline person that was there too. But I forget his name because I mean, you know, Nana and Renee were there, so you know. Uh, Chase Masterson, she was super nice. Got a nice uh, photo op with her and Nana and Renee, and then we got the photo ops with. Andrew Robinson, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert O'Reilly and Ira Stephen Bear. I don't remember too much conversation with Ira, but if I recall correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, Curtis, but I think Hannah Hate photobombed our photo op with Sirak Lofton. We, we were the last people in line for Sirak, and he thought he was done, and I almost ran smack into him as he was exiting the booth. <laughs> And Hannah Hate was there waiting to jump in. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean... He's like, oh, no, we got time for one more at school. I'm like, okay. And it was all happening really fast, and everyone was confused. And Hannah's like, can I just photobomb you? And we're like, hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You missed out one of, like, the best Star Trek interactions I've ever seen, though, Richard. You got to hug Chase Masterson after breakfast. I did. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt. I'd all, I I forgot to throw it out. I'd really love to meet Armin Shimmerman, who played Quark. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh man, he would. Yeah, because Quark, Quark is such a delightful character. Um, and I and I did get to meet Odo. He was very grumpy and reserved in person, and unlike meeting Worf, it was awesome because it was almost like actually meeting Odo in character. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. He has um. He has a bit of a quirky energy, Renee. Um, mm-hmm. He was a little bit... Uh, I, don't, I, I don't like to use the word sketchy, but I don't think of any other word that fits, but not in a negative connotation. He was just like, maybe a little bit weirded out, like he didn't necessarily want to be there, but he still gave it his best, and like I appreciate that, well, that, like, that level of professionalism. I think he was dealing with a lack of organization mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the... So, uh, on the part of Vulcan. Well, not so, yet. I just gotta, oh, go ahead. Go right well, I just got to throw in before we get too, too far away from it. It's funny that Richard described him as sketchy because when I met him, he was offering sketches at his table to raise money for a dog shelter. Oh, cool. And so I have a drawing from him of Odo sleeping in his bucket. <laughs> nice. <That's> nice. Awesome. 
so, Dude, that's so sketchy cool. is totally right. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> always, always intend your puns. Don't be a coward, people. Um, <clears throat> um, go ahead. I just wanted to jump in there. Like, I just want to say when, like, that convention where Nana and Renee were there and uh, Chase Masterson, that was actually the first convention that Curtis, Richard, and I met. And I got to say, that Friday night, there was many a drink consumed by yours truly. Oh, yeah. Um, cause we, yeah, because we met at the beer gardens at the In ball the tournament. beer gardens, yeah. And what drew me to you guys was you guys smoking uh, pipe tobacco. Because I could smell it. I, I was like... Um, you know, like, oh, I'm trying to think of a cartoon. Like when, when like, say, Wiley Coyote smells something and then he just starts floating in the air towards it. Like the old cartoon pie steam game. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I was drawn to you guys because you guys were smoking <laughs> pipe tobacco. And I love pipe tobacco because I used to smoke a pipe. Um, so anyway, that night, many a drink was consumed by by myself and, and, and by curtis as well uh, richard richard was dd that night um i'm always but, dd but the next day like when i was doing my photo ops with renee and nana and chase i'm thinking to myself i must smell like a brewery right now because i could i just knew <laughs> the alcohol was still oozing out of my pores man like oh, I, me too, buddy. I felt so bad. Yeah, I was like, I must just smell like the like a like a drunk that just rolled in from the street or something. Um, but anyway, it was it was a great time. And 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 we all I have had... another. Sorry, Richard. Go ahead. You have another another story. I believe it was that year with Renee and Chase Masterson. That night, there was the big party. If I recall correctly, it was Renee's mm-hmm. birthday. And there was yep. a huge cake. Yep. And I think most of us got a piece of that cake. And that was pretty cool to be able to sing happy birthday. Like, that was just a nice time that we well, got to and, share. And not only that, but did he not, like, like hand out the cake himself? Yeah, I yes. think he personally delivered yeah. the cake and was like, he, here you go, here he you go. He got up from eating his dinner. Let yep. his dinner get cold and ran around the hall serving children his own birthday cake. Yeah, and I, I have a picture that I'm going to put into the chat in a second here. I just that, that, yeah, I remember that now that you mentioned that. That's so awesome. And unfortunately, Renee's not with us anymore, and it's super sad. But at least we got to meet him, you know. And and yeah. there you go. There's your picture. So oh, I, there you go. I yeah, a, a, he's got the cake. Yep. That's awesome. I have a, a funny story about Tony Todd, um, who, of course, played Kern. And I think he played another character, too. Uh, several. Jake Sisko. Oh, yeah. Jake he played Sisko. old Jake, yeah. yeah. And so I've met him. I don't have an autograph from him, but I've met him twice. The first time I met him was at the HorrorCon um, in Calgary. And we went to the screening of the 1990 Night of the Living Dead remake that he starred in. Nice. And he was sitting behind us. And my friend was telling me, you know, I or she was telling my, she was sitting next to me, but telling my other friend, I get really scared during movies. Is it okay if I like squeeze your arm? 
and he was, you know, he's trying to be all tough and macho, and he's like, oh, yeah, of course, of course. And sitting right behind her is Tony Todd, and he's listening to what she's saying, so he leans forward, and he puts his giant hands on her shoulder, and he whispers in, it, in her ear, boo. And she fucking <laughs> jumped like two feet up again. Oh, it was so well, funny. He's the candy and, and yeah, man. So. Just the screening of the film, and, and you know, he, half the movie he was talking about stuff, and it was more interesting listening to him, so we didn't really... If, he had, if we hadn't seen the movie before, we would have probably been lost, but... It was cool. Well, I I totally the, I totally forgot to mention Tony Todd. Um, but then the, the the Star Trek story about him is he was at Vulcan, yeah, you know, a couple of years later, yeah, and there was this awkward moment where the the hall was totally empty. Must have been a panel with one of the other stars, or I don't know, something else was going on. And it was basically just like the vendors and no customers and nobody in line at the autographs table. And he knocked over all of the empty glass beer bottles that were under his table because he was drinking the whole time. <laughs> and it's in like a skating rink. So the sound just reverberated forever. And it was nice. like the whole hall looked over and saw a drunk Tony Todd <laughs> trying to trying to catch all the bottles so they didn't make noise anymore. Boy, it was too funny. Well, and the guy is so damn big, it's it's hard yep. to picture him being graceful. Yeah, oh yeah. And then these <laughs> bottles, they looked like half-sized bottles in his hands. Oh yeah, like... I, I, it was I, just too funny, because most of us were, you know, well, not most of us, but some of us were definitely day-drinking, <laughs> and nobody resented it. Nobody was like, oh, my God, he's drunk. Everybody was just like, well, it's a tiny convention in a shithole town in Alberta. Yeah, I'd be drunk, too, if I yeah. had that option. Let's have fun. <laughs> you know? well, that, well, Tony did it. Now it's okay if we do it. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so if I ever get the chance, if I ever am at a show that he's at again, I'm getting a fucking autograph, and I'm telling him about these two stories because uh, I definitely re- – regret not getting his autograph but i have met him twice and he seems like a pretty cool dude and i definitely everything every time i've seen him in a movie or a tv show he's been great yeah and that convention um i know curtis and ragnar met him as well because i remember talking to those boys or not sorry uh curtis and richard i remember talking to you boys in line when uh, we were getting our photo ops with him um Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, out of all the photo ops I've ever gotten, the one with Tony Todd is the coolest by far. Because like when I walked in, like just when I walked in there, he like gave me like this like arm and arm like sh- handshake. Um, it really reminds me of that scene in Predator. You know when Arnold and Carl Weathers like lock arms. Yeah, that was me and Tony Todd. Only my arms a lot smaller, but. It was so cool, and like the like the photographer was like like just practicing some shots, and he's like, and as soon as like I don't know, it came up on his monitor or something. I seen that picture. I'm like, that's the one I want. He's like, well, I can take another one. I'm like, it's perfect. Like it's him. Like we're locked. Like we lock our arms, and and we get a picture taken. It was so cool. So that's my favorite photo op, without a doubt. But yeah, Tony Todd, like yeah, he's fantastic. So, such a nice guy. Um, so Richard, did you did you have any more Deep Space Nine? 
just trying to think. I, well, we did meet Marco Krantz, who is pretty yep. big in Deep Space Nine. Created and the Klingon TNG. language. That's right. He was super nice, just a regular dude. Yep. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about that. But, did you mention um, that you met Avery Brooks? I was going to let you tell that story because it's okay. kind of your story and you probably tell it better. But, but you, it's just you another tell the part about when he shakes your hand. Yeah. It's just another example of like a genuine sort of like celebrity. Um, and I think, what did I say to him? I just, I said something to the effect of like, he's kind of like my hero. Like he's just mm-hmm. great. Yeah, you told him he's one of your personal heroes. Yeah. And I think he really appreciated that. And, Okay, I'm I'm a fairly big person. I got big hands. I'm over six feet. You know, mm-hmm. six foot two. You know, yep. you you I, are I, not I, a small dude. You are I, a very large. <laughs> and if you were angry, you would be a very scary dude. But exactly. But I've seen it under normal under very friendly and kind. Yeah, and I, I, I was going to say under normal fiction. circumstances, he's a very huggable guy. Hmm. But listen, I had to look up to to look into Avery's like, eyes because he's up. that much taller than me. Wow! And there's very few situations that I've had that. Like Tony yep. Todd, he's yep. I think he's around that height. Yeah. And also, um, Penn Gillette of Penn and Tellers. <laughs> yeah. Dude is six foot ten. Holy and shit! I think I think my head is just above his shoulders. <laughs> I could only imagine. Like how 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 short Curtis must have felt, given how how much taller I am than him, and then Penn to to me, I was just like, damn, dude. So yeah, like he shook my hand. His hands are massive too. Like holy crap. And yeah, so just one of the most genuine, just amazing short interactions. It was a very fast paced lineup. Unfortunately, we had very little time. But yeah. One of my favorite interactions, even though it was short, was with Avery Brooks as well. Awesome. Uh, Curtis, your Deep Space Nine cast members. Oh, man. So obviously, like everyone else here, Deep Space Nine is totally my favorite Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so far, they've been my favorite Star Trek celebrities to me. Although, honorable mention to Garrett Wong. We'll talk about him later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so my first time doing a Star Trek convention ever, I Richard and I went down to Vegas 2012, and like I mentioned earlier, Picard wasn't there, but Avery Brooks was there. And I was hyped, because I had just seen Deep Space Nine all the way through without missing an episode for the first time. I, I watched it back when it uh, first aired, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't catch all the episodes, and I, I fell off somewhere along the lines, because, you know, teenagers in high school and... It okay. happens. It happens. But anyway, I had just, you know, refreshed myself and watched the whole series through for the first time, so I was right excited. And uh, <clears throat> as part of our tickets, we got... Oh, no, we had to buy it. So the only... the only That's right. The only one we could afford was the Avery Brooks autograph because we were, like, broke at the time because we were young, right? So we spent yep. all our money getting down to Vegas and going to this, this convention... And we had just enough to get an Avery Brooks photo op. And uh, so we got it. And the lineup was enormous. And if you've never been to the Rio, you have like the the Rio proper where you have the casino and all the Mm -hmm. stores and second floor and restaurants and stuff. But then if you go 
down the long, long hallway that Richard talked about earlier where he met Denise Crosby. It's, it's like this giant, it's like a freeway inside, but for people, it's huge. The lineup was like halfway to the casino from the conference hall. It was such a long lineup and we probably stood in line for a couple hours. And when you first get into the room, you're along the back wall and Avery Brooks is there in the middle of the room taking pictures and you, you, you file in behind the photographer. And so we're, we're inching our way in and we're just, you can feel the excitement building for everyone who's been waiting and now they're in the room and holy crap, there he is. And he's larger than life because he's a huge dude. And it's all building and building and building. And we get up to the front of the line and I'm standing there and Richard's right behind me. And, um, he looks me dead in the eyes and he goes, hello, young man. And he says it exactly like Captain Cisco. And of course I didn't do it any justice. And just the biggest, stupidest grin came over my face. I, I don't know how I started walking. I thought that I forgot how to walk. I was just overwhelmed with like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm about to go meet Captain Cisco. And I don't even think I said anything. If I did, I don't remember. Uh, but Richard and he had a little exchange and then, you know, quick picture snap because there's literally 2,000 more people waiting. And then off we went, and I probably still had that big, stupid grin on my face that I had from the <laughs> beginning. And I I know that it was a very fast interaction, but it felt like a long time, which is kind of cool. Because normally you don't really get to savor those moments, but I was able to. And I, I wish I could tell you more about it, but I really don't remember. I was just overwhelmed. But uh, he struck me as a really, really nice dude. I know what you mean about the energy. Uh, Ragnar, he's he's got some, there's just something going on with like his aura. Mm -hmm. And later that night, we got to see him in concert um, in the conference hall there. And it was just him and a guy on the piano, and he was just straight ad libbing it because he told us before the show, hmm. like he didn't like to. I don't remember how he worded it, but he was talking about like music is a thing that's just floating along, and if you happen to be singing while it's there. You need to capture that and make that, and then it's gone, and you never get it again. And that's how he looks at making his music. And the only line I remember from the whole concert, which I enjoyed, but the line I remember was he said, you can never lose a thing if it belongs to you, which is something I've often reflected on, and that's a whole other discussion for another time. But uh, definitely one of the that, – that's like the big star-studded – Star Trek celebrity experience for me was meeting Amy Brooks. I'm so envious of all you guys because I'm the only one in this podcast that hasn't, <laughs> and and I want to because he is he is my well, favorite captain, and he does not frequent the conventions often. And he he yeah. said that on stage, and he was like, "I wish that I was able to come and spend time with you all more often, but for whatever reason he couldn't." And he he expressed you know, a sincere regret over that. So definitely get, get them when you can. If yeah. You can. He, well, well, I, you I, know, I, sorry, oh, go ahead. Go Ragnar. Ahead. Well, I was just going to throw in, it, it has always saddened or disappointed me that he hasn't been in more stuff. He was in American history X yep. and, um, that action movie with Mark Wahlberg and from around the two thousands, 
that was no, that was ninety eight. I remember because that was the year I graduated. It was yeah, and he was like the bad guy. Yeah, it was and, the big hit. And the big hit DS nine, and he wasn't in much else. And it's such a shame. I don't know, and maybe it was his choice. I have no idea. But well, I always thought this guy is such a great actor, and he has such a great voice. The hell isn't he in more stuff? Well, like, like I, even even if he didn't appear in films and TV, just did voice acting. He has such a great voice. It it always kills oh. me that he hasn't been in more stuff. He was in um, a man called Hawk. Yep. Okay. And Spencer for Hire. Like that's where the the Hawk character cre- was created from. Um, oh. but. He uh, was an artistic director for the National Black Arts Festival in association with Rutgers University. Um, oh, I'm trying to look up where he taught. Brooks taught at Oberlin College and Case Western Reserve University. Um, so, like, he, yeah, he wasn't in, like, a whole bunch of stuff, but he taught a lot of actors. Um. And yeah, like 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 I said, like a, a like a like th- like those type of guys. Like I can't remember the name of this actor. He came to our school um, years ago, and I can't remember his name. But he was like he taught he taught acting as well. And I just remember like in our drama class, like his he came and taught us some stuff. He like this guy went from like laughing like hysterically. Like, you know when someone is laughing and then you start laughing because they're laughing? Not because, you know, you heard their joke or whatever, but just because it's funny to watch them laughing, you start laughing. That guy, this guy would laugh like that. And then on a dime, he switched to crying. Like he started crying. And then it's like, it was one of those situations where it's like, you wanted to go up to him and like, oh my God, what happened? But he was like so intense and such a good actor's actor that uh, he he was able to do that. And I think Avery Brooks is in that same wheelhouse, you know, like he he's just that good. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm so envious of you guys. I really wish I could meet him one day. I'm hoping. Fingers yeah, crossed. Fingers hopefully, you, hopefully you will get the chance. I hope so. Is it's a super cool thing. Like I will never forget that, as long as I live. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if he's if he's ever at a convention or whatever show that I am at, I am definitely going to get a photo with him. Yeah. Because that would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you have to do the the plexiglass thing, like I know that's something that they're doing now because of COVID. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I, I would like still it. do it. You know, but, uh, all right, well, let's move on to Voyager. Uh, Ragnar, have you met any Voyager cast members? Um, I've only met Chakotay. I don't, I honestly don't think I've met anyone else. He was at Vulcan. Um, you never met Garrett Wan? Well, I never got an autograph or a picture. I've definitely seen, seen him at yep. like every show in Western Canada. There, there was a point. <laughs> there was a point where he was at so many shows that it started to be a, like a negative thing. Yeah, I, I know, people were like, "Oh, this show sucks." They got Garrett Wong at it. 
Yeah. Um, but as a joke, yeah. nobody was upset about it. He's a very cool guy. Oh yeah. He's, he's quite funny. He's quite friendly. He just jumps in on other celebrities, photo shoots and panels and he's great. No, nobody meant that seriously. It was like a joke. Yeah. Um, I think Chakotay is the only guy I've met. He was at Vulcan, and I got an autograph for my mom because I remember that she always liked him. I mean, and I liked him too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think he's one of the better characters from Voyager. Um, I don't think I've met anyone else. I'd I'd love to meet the Doctor. And as a kid or a teenager or however old I was when Voyager came out, I did not like Janeway. As an adult, I don't dislike her the way I did when I was younger. Um, I get, I can get why some people don't like her, and I can get why I didn't like her. Um, but I, I don't have the same reservations that I did. I'm like, oh, actually, she's, she's great in her own way. Um, and... Yeah, if she was at a show, I would totally get an autograph. Mm -hmm. I just found at most of the shows that I sell at, they just don't have people from Voyager there. It's very seldom am I at a show when they have anyone from Voyager. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I sort of met Garrett Wong, and I got a Chakotay autograph for my mom, and she loves it, and he was really cool. And And again, he's another actor that I'm like, why isn't this guy in more stuff? He he's an awesome actor. He's actually in a lot of like eighties and nineties like TV stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so he's just just been in stuff I didn't see. That. Yeah, he he's one of those guys that was like a guest star in a lot of shows. Okay. I always thought I always thought he was great, and uh, and you know, there's cast. a lot more. There's a lot more. TV series and films coming out that feature um, indigenous actors. So perhaps we'll see him again in a different role. Um, Cause I know they're, they're always looking. I see casting calls all the time for all sorts of different shows and they're always looking for indigenous people. And so perhaps he'll, perhaps we will see him again in something. Yep. Wasn't Robert Beltran part of the main sequence cast for North of 60? No, no, no. Was he? No, no, yeah. no. He wasn't on there. No, no, I don't think he was. No. Um, you're thinking of Peter Jackson. Full disclosure, I never watched North of 60, so oh, I can't say anything. It could have been Peter Jackson, which I think he was also in Star Trek for a couple, uh, TNG he, for a couple episodes. No, he was in one episode, but Journey's it, End. Journey's End. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And um, But North of 60 was a good show. I do recall that, but I don't yeah, recall it. Yeah, it, it is. I, I am a huge North of 60 fan. Like, so much so, like, my wife is also an North of 60 fan, so much so that we actually had to subscribe to the Lumi app because APTN isn't showing North of 60 anymore. So you can only watch it streaming. So I'm paying $5 a month to watch North of 60. <laughs> and is, how, is it good? Oh, I love North it's of 60. It's really good. It, 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 yeah, it's okay. Really good. Honestly, I think it's, it's one the... of those things like it gets referenced all the time, but I've never watched it. Well, uh, I think it's the, like, in my opinion, it's the best CBC drama series they've ever done. A lot of good native actors. Okay. Like, like actually, like I said, Peter Jackson, he was on TNG. 
But a lot of, like, there's Gordon Tatusas. He's been on a lot of movies. He was in... Yeah, wasn't... Um, was it that where Lauren Cardinal got his start? Yes, yes, yep. He was, yep. Yeah. He was on North of 60. Uh, like, I've, heard, uh, I've he, heard that guy on, on CBC Radio on a lot of the comedy shows. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, is he ever funny. Yep. Yeah, he play he yeah. he plays a drunk on on the show, so it's 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 pretty good. Oh, okay. Um, Gordon Tatusis, he was in Legends of the Fall. Um, ah. And um, the guy who played Joe, he's he was on he was in Unforgiven. He was he was a native in that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of great actors. Um, Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um Click the All right, so I I am going to go next just cuz I want to I want to uh, go off the native thing cuz like I like I'm I'm native. Uh I'm Métis. Uh both my grandmas were native ladies. Um oh, so okay. so having Chicote on Voyager was like a big deal for me. Like having having um Peter Jackson on The Next Generation was a big deal for me. Because I was a North of 60 fan, and that happened during Season 2 of North of 60. I was like, oh my god, he's on Next Generation. This is so awesome. Um, but uh, the only gripe I have with the Native thing on, on Voyager is, like, they really didn't consult people. Like, they just kind of made it up. Like, when Chakotay would, like, have his visions and stuff. That's not really how it happens, but I don't think Robert Beltran knew that. He just did what the script said. But anyway, Robert Beltran, yeah, super nice guy. Met him in Vulcan. And a funny story, Ragnar was with Lillian, because I remember being in line to get uh, a photo op with Robert Beltran, and then they were bringing him into the room. And Lillian, because she was, like, working for the Vulcan convention at the time, she literally crossed paths with him and stopped, like, and, and, like, stopped right in front of him and said, oh, my God, you're beautiful. And then she just, (laughs) and then she just left the room. And, and Robert Bolton's like, well, thank you. (laughs) It was like, it was like the, like the, the most Lillian moment ever. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, and that's where I met Lillian was working at Vulcan, and I had no yep. idea that you guys knew each other until she showed up on the the other podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, no, Lillian's amazing. Um, and actually, that'll yeah. get into my next Voyager uh, person because I met uh, Garrett Wan on Trek One Seven Hundred One back when I used to uh, when this this podcast I used to do it separately. Um, Lillian's like, well, you know. Because I had her on Trek 1701 because she's, you know, I met her in Vulcan. And she's like, well, you know, I'm friends with Garrett Wan's uh, girlfriend. He'd probably come on the show. And I was like, yeah, if if you can arrange it. So actually, he was on three episodes of Trek 1701 uh, back in, I want to say 2016. Um, That's awesome, man. Yeah. So the first episode, he actually wasn't officially on he was just listening to us like he he was there with his like his girlfriend was on the on the episode with us um but he he was with her but he didn't talk 
And nobody actually knew he was there, but I knew he was there, and Lillian knew he was there, and obviously his girlfriend knew he was there. But my co, <laughs> but my co-host at the time didn't know. Um, and then we did an episode with Garrett Wan, um, and I'm not I, I I'm not going to repeat what he said, but he did he did reveal some stuff to us. Um, and then after that, um. Because, like he said, like don't put this up with the mo- without my approval. So I edited it, and I waited. I sent it to him, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And it was like a month or two, and then he's like, "Yeah, we can't. You, we can't do this. We can't put this one up because he he uh... said some stuff that he didn't want out there." So we re-recorded it, and then it got out there. So that was good. And then I met him at Vulcan. Um, and, and he, yeah, super nice guy. And yeah, he is one of those guys that shows, well, actually, no, I had met him, no, actually, pr- prior to him being on Trek 171, I actually met him in Calgary. Now that I think about it, I got his autograph, or I got a photo op with him um, at his table. And, like, super nice guy, super friendly. I know he's got that reputation, I guess, of always being at conventions. Um... um but um you know he's great no no i don't think so at all this this guy likes interacting with his fans so much he just shows up and crashes other people's um panels and stuff yeah that's awesome that's like that's awesome um so the next two voyager uh castmates was actually my first Vulcan I ever went to was 2013 so it was the year before I met Curtis and Richard and that was Ethan Phillips and Robert Picardo yeah it was amazing um again like I'm gonna I always say this uh, super nice guys they were super friendly like we did the meet and greet at the Legion on the Friday night um it was my first Vulcan I took my wife to it um, she was really bored because she's not a Star Trek fan. Uh, I also met Rick Sternbach at that convention. He's the guy who created the Tricorder. He helped design the USS Enterprise. He's the one that designed Voyager. Um, awesome dude. But Ethan Phillips, yeah, super friendly. Um, I remember, like, you know, just having a beer with the guy. Like, uh... Where you know, like he noticed that I like I was wearing a Toronto Blue Jays hat, so we were talking about baseball for a while. Uh, Robert Picardo, yeah, like awesome, awesome dudes, awesome dudes. That was like one of my favorite conventions I've ever been to. Uh, Curtis, have you met any Voyager personnel? Um, just Garrett Wong. He likes to stop by at Vulcan. Because uh, yep. he was living in Calgary, I don't know if he still does or not. Yep. Well, his his yeah. fia- oh, I they might be married now. I'm not sure, but his his girlfriend slash fiance she lived in Calgary, so that's why he hmm. uh, was always there. That's right. But um, last time I went, I had my little brother with me coming to his first Star Trek convention, and uh, he, myself, and Richard got to stand there and talk to Garrett Wong for like. 10 or 15 minutes just BSing as nobody else was in line. And, like, what else do you do? So, yeah, he seemed like a really nice guy. Just, we chatted it up. He you know, 
told us about all how he used to watch sci-fi growing up, and if he wasn't on his side of the table, he'd be the guy on our side of the table. Yep. Well, I, I don't I, remember what else we chatted about, but I remember enjoying myself. And I remember you know, meeting your little bro guy. at that convention. Um, mm-hmm. if, if I remember correctly, he is not a Star Trek fan, but he just wanted to come for the experience. He is. He, he's a, he had only watched TOS at that point. Um, so and he, he still hasn't watched a lot of the other series. He's tried, but, you know, life gets busy. And I remember, uh, but he, he definitely enjoyed it. I remember he hadn't had time. Yeah. And I remember, well, that's just for me talking to him, like when we were standing outside the hotel there. I remember you guys were going to watch um, that movie uh, with Willem Dafoe. Um, Boondock Saints. Saints. Boondock Saints. You guys were going to watch that movie that night. <laughs> we sure did. It took some doing. I had to, like, wire up three different appliances and my laptop and figure it out. <laughs> Well, spe- the Wi-Fi. Oh well especially in that hotel, like those those TVs are probably oh, from yeah. the eighties. <laughs> awesome. Um, Richard, have you met any Voyager personnel? Uh, kind of, but I just remembered a big story about a TOS character. Uh, this one's about Leonard Nimoy. Okay. And in 2011, the convention that I went to. He was there, and he had a big speech, and he said that this was his last tour on the circuit, and mm-hmm. Vegas was, like, the last big one that he did. You know, there was tears and another, like, real interaction that he was having with the whole crowd, and I think he met, he said that for a long time he was resistant to the circuit of conventions, but he regrets it because he had such a great time, but... In his older years, his health was failing, and he wanted yep. to spend more time with his family. And I was just like, damn. Like, I got to be there for like the last big show that Leonard Nimoy was there for, and I just thought that was pretty amazing. And I think there was another uh, DS9 thing that Curtis had, if I recall. I can't remember. But then I think the visitor Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell that if you want, yeah. Yeah, if we got a second to... I absolutely. Tell away. All right. So, uh, you, you remember the hangover as well as I do after oh, that yeah. night at the beer gardens. And, well, um, we, we it were wasn't the... so much a hangover. It's just I knew that I smelled like a like a, a hobo, you know, that drank too much, uh, <laughs> too much whiskey. <laughs> well, I had... There was that, and then I'm, I'm sure I still smelled like the pipe tobacco, and just we were messes that day. Mm-hmm. But um, yep. anyway, we, we but did good get times were had. Ops. Pardon? I, I was gonna say good times were had, though we had a phenomenal. I, I'm sure they night. were. I don't remember them, but I remember <laughs> you know enjoying myself. I don't know why I enjoyed myself. I, I don't re- I don't remember how I got to my room. I just remember waking up in my bed, and I'm like, holy shit, what happened? Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Curtis. <laughs> no worries. So it was um, because, Richard, that was the year that we sprung for the uh, the big Admiral passes or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. VIP tickets. Totally the, the best year we could have done it, too. Yep. So worth it that year. Um, so we were first in line for the photo op with Nana. And so we, we get in there, and uh, we get our photo ops. 
pardon me, and we're down in the gymnasium because they had it. They had the vendors room in the gymnasium that year, not in not in the arena. And uh, we were just prowling around, looking at you know all the vendor tables and stuff. And the Nas photo ops are going on on the stage, and they've got the curtains drawn, um, like the theater curtains drawn, um, so that we, you couldn't see what was happening on the stage, so they could do their photo ops with some privacy. And I'm standing there, I'm looking around, I'm not feeling good, I'm hungover, I, I'm just, ugh, I'm ready to go for a nap. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the curtains, out pokes this little Nana visitor head, and it's just her head, and she looks one way, and she sweeps the room, and as her eyes are sweeping the room, her smile's getting bigger and bigger. And in my hungover, messed up state, it <laughs> seemed to me... Like the room was getting brighter and I was feeling better. And by the time she was done sweeping the room, she had this gigantic grin on her face, you know, teeth bared, just went all the way up to her eyes. It looked like the happiest face I had ever seen in my life. And it like made me warm inside and gooey and oh man, it was just so goddamn cool. And I'll remember that smile for the rest of my life. That woman's got the best smile on earth. I'm, Absolutely, I'm not hear a single argument again. It she it. she literally is the cure for any hangover. And she was so very gracious. Yes. I don't know what I smelled like, but she didn't mention it, and she was very nice about it. <laughs> and, and for those photos, she actually got really close. Like she was like right up beside me. Like yeah, like I I didn't even go for the traditional hand on the back. I just clasped hands in front because I was like I don't blame you for not wanting to get right near me anyway. And she put her arm around my shoulder and leaned right into it. I, I actually got some shoulder boob. It was kind of cool. Yep. Um, yep. <clears throat> yeah. Super nice woman. Yep. Well, aside from that, we had the Robert Beltran. He was speaking at Vulcan, which was awesome. I, I, mm-hmm. I never thought that it would be that enjoyable. And we're, we're like, you know, yeah, let's go check it out. And I wasn't expecting much, but when we got there, we sat down and we're listening. We're like, wow, like this guy, like he speaks well. He's interesting. It's funny. And it was just a really good time. And oh, yeah, he held the room. He did. Like, he's a very good speaker. It was kind of like um, like Tony Todd in a different way, like just engaging. Unfortunately, Tony Todd had a terrible interviewer, which we won't even get into. Yeah. But Robert Beltran. <laughs> so bad for John. I wanted to go give him a right, right then. Right? It was just, yeah. Was we, we, we've mentioned him before. I, I, I hate that guy. I really do. I do not like him. He doesn't mean Tony Todd, by the way. He means the interviewer. Yeah, the interviewer. That that guy. Interviewer. That guy should not be in radio. <laughs> Tony it does Todd suck when they get a they get a dud interviewer. But he's always there. Like like it's like because he's like the local DJ guy, I guess. And he pretend like he thinks he's a Star Trek fan, but he was really not. You know, it, it, to me. I, I, I'm not going to mention his name, but it almost seems like he thinks he's above all of us. And I just want to punch him in the face every time I see this guy. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Like He has a punchable face. I'm not going to lie. And a real hate on for Edmonton. He really hates Edmonton. So, fuck that guy. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. And I will say... Um... Garrett Wong was just a really fun guy to like hang out with. Like mm-hmm. I honestly I would I would love to just like 
go hang out with him. You know what I mean? Like he just seems like a guy to go to the go down to the pub, have some drinks, shoot some pool, and just like have a good time. Yep. And I think I would. Oh man, I would love to re- meet Robert Picardo. Um, I've been watching Stargate. I finished SG One, and I concurrently have been watching the movies and Atlantis because they were uh, shown in like at the same time. And Robert Ricardo has been in them, and I'm like, oh man, love Robert Ricardo, so good. Um, when they were in Vulcan that year, they did a play that they actually made. Like, I guess I, from what I remember, Ethan Phillips wrote this, and what it is, it's Neelix talking to the Doctor. Like, whatever it is, like, uh, I guess at that point, 15 years later, 14 years later, whatever it was. And and it was awesome. It was so cool. To, or no, I guess it would have been 10, 10 or 11 years later. It was, But, um, yeah, they still got it. They still got it. Really good chemistry between those two. But, uh, anyway... Um, Last but not least, let's talk about Enterprise. Has any... uh, Okay, who do I got next on my list? Richard. Who have you met from Enterprise? I don't think anyone. I think that Connor Trenier and... Damn it. um, Malcolm's actor, I forget. I think they've been at conventions that that I was at, but... At the time, I hadn't really seen Enterprise, so yeah. there wasn't like a huge connection there. But I think that's the closest I've been. I haven't met many. Enterprise is one where I need to like get stocked up on my autographs and stuff because I'm a big fan now, and I never got to you know take the chance when I had it. So I need to get on that. I I have to correct you. You're, you're incorrect, sir. Oh, <laughs> my memory I, I, fails me again. One of, I, one of our, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, didn't you guys meet someone like at a Burger King or something? Yes. Anthony oh right, up. yes, yes, <laughs> right. So we're at Burger King in Vegas. Dude, you had like a conversation with him. <laughs> hey, I, I, I know, but my memory. Okay, I, I, even I remembered this. No, no, go ahead, Richard. Okay, sorry. so <laughs> now, that, now that I've been reminded, you're right, you're right. Curtis and I in 2012, we were young and we didn't yep. have a lot of money, so we ate at Burger King a lot because it was cheap and it was really close. And, and I love Burger King. So and there's too. nothing wrong with that, guys. Nothing wrong with that. It was there's actually a Burger a King bar, literally. So there wasn't even variety. They just had Whoppers. Right. It was literally in the Rio. So like we're like cool. It was great. And so we're there having our lunch, and Anthony Montgomery shows up, and he just wanted to grab some lunch. He's got his headphones in. He's chilling. Yeah. And I Cassidy just sits down on my right. I'm like, what? <laughs> so oh, like, I, I, I as politely as I can, I like, I, I ask, uh, I ask a question, and I think, um, I asked him like, what his favorite episode was? Or, episode, yeah. Yeah, and I think he said the episode where he got to go back home to his previous ship. Yeah, meet his family. And it was, it was. Yeah. Again, it was a short interaction, but he was really gracious. And I didn't want to take up a lot of time because I knew that, you know, he just was getting inundated, like, with people with the convention. and, and Well, he's... like, burger in front of him, ready to go. I don't want right? to be bothered either, you know? I understand. Right? And it was just really nice that he took the time to say, like, 
hey, like, you know, it was just really cool. He's just, he is a good dude. I do like Gath Montgomery quite a lot. But I think that's the only Enterprise one. Excellent. I, I totally remember you guys telling that story on this podcast, so I, I, I was just waiting for that. Um, Curtis, aside from uh, uh, Travis Mayweather, who else have you met uh, as Voyager or, uh, Enter, or blah, Enterprise cast members? Um, no one that I can recall from the main cast. I, I, I would have to look into guest stars and stuff like that, but I can't think of anybody. I know Dominic Keating was there, I think, the last year or the year before the last year that we went. I think he was there the year Tony Todd was there. He was there. Yeah. It might have been Tony Todd, but he was also there the year that Chakotay was there. I remember that for sure. Okay, yeah, that was the one. That's right. Um, and I, I hadn't seen Enterprise at that point. So I had okay. no idea who he even was. Or his character or anything. I was like, oh, I think he was in an episode of Sons of Anarchy or something. And he, and he was. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> yep, the Irish episodes. And, yep. And that's Yeah, that's the closest that I've come. Um, I'd love to meet John Billingsley, though. Oh, yeah. That's, if I had to pick one person, it would be John John Billingsley. Excellent. Love Dr. Phlox. Um, Yeah, I... I did meet Dominic Keating in Vulcan that year. Uh, he super nice. Like I'm, I, I say this every super nice guy. Uh, a lot smaller than me. Like he's actually kind of a like a little guy. Um, like you know, I think I could totally take him in a fight, but um, he'd probably still kick my ass. Um, but yeah, nice guy. I also seen Gary Graham. At uh, Vulcan, uh, who played uh, Ambassador Saval. Uh, I didn't get his autograph or photo op, but I did see him walking around. He was also in Voyager. Yes, he was. He was. Uh, the, o- yep. the Ocompan on the the lesser uh, the lesser space station. Yep, and he was in Alienation, the the TV series. Uh, Ragnar, have you met anyone from Enterprise? Um, okay, sort of. It was that, that last, I believe this was the last time we were all at Vulcan. It was the last Vulcan, or at least the last one I was at. Um, they had Dominic Keating. Yep. And there was another guy who I think played like a bit part in Voyager. I think he was in like one episode or something. I don't remember what his name was. I didn't recognize the actor or the picture of him. But his girlfriend was there. And she was very cute. And she she must have had a bit of a thing for me because she kept coming to my booth again and again and again and again. And eventually she's like, I don't have any money. But... I could trade you for autographs. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she told me who it was. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And she's like, well, I'll get you autographs from everyone that's here. And I'm like, oh, okay. So she did. So all the, all the celebrities that were there that year, she got me an autograph from each of them. And then I gave her a drinking horn. Nice. Um, is, is her name Elise? 
That sounds familiar. Could be. <laughs> That's Garrett Wan's girlfriend. Mm, no, it wasn't Garrett. No, it wasn't Garrett Wan's girlfriend. She was dating this guy who was in one or two Voyager episodes. Well, Garrett Wan was um, in one or two Voyager episodes. No, no, this guy was only <laughs> in one or two. Okay, at least one or two. No, but uh, if if her if her Todd, he was only in a couple. Yeah, if her name yeah, was she, if her know, name if was if Elise. I go through my then... autograph box. I'll I'll find her name because she gave me an autograph of herself too. Because she, her, and this other guy, her boyfriend guy, were trying to start their own movie or something. Okay, okay, maybe I don't know. Yeah, it was maybe... all kind of strange, and uh, yeah. So I got a whole bunch of autographs from a whole bunch of people that I either don't know who they are or at the time didn't care. Because I, at the time, I didn't like Enterprise. I I watched season one or part of season one, and I couldn't get into it. Well, I was going to so, say, uh, like, Garrett Wan's girlfriend slash fiance. I maybe his wife now. I'm not sure. But she is very beautiful. Super beautiful. Yeah, this girl was, was young, like maybe 18 or 19. She had red okay. hair, uh, somewhat busty, really bubbly, very yep. friendly, very, very flirty. It was kind of odd, but also quite enjoyable. <laughs> well, like like our co-host Lillian says, you are a beautiful man, so you probably get a lot of a lot of girls flirting with you. Oh that well, the, perks of the job that the that the rest of us normal guys don't get. Yeah, yeah, perks of the job, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, usually, you know, like at most of the Balkans, I was in a relationship, so it was like, man, eh, well, whatever, cool. Now that I'm single, I'm like, oh, man, that'd be way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first Vulcan that I went to, I was actually separated from my wife. So I was a little bit oh, uh, flirtatious that night, but nothing happened, of course. But that was actually the weekend I met Curtis and, and, and uh, Richard. Is that who you, who you were flirtatious That's with? That's who was hitting on me that night. <laughs> I, I, do, I do look good through beer goggles. I will say that. I, I've been told. <laughs> um, but anywho, uh, so any guest stars have you guys met uh, through Star Trek or conventions? or Like I know, um, I'll kick it off. I've met. Savic, Robin Curtis, uh, she was in Vulcan. Cool. She she was at Vulcan one year. Uh, I seen uh, the late. I can't remember her name. She was Hot Lips Houlihan in the Mash movie, not the TV show, but the movie. And she was in the the second pilot for Star Trek. Uh, I, I'm totally blanking on her name. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, um. I met, like uh, I mentioned on a previous episode, uh, oh, drawing a blank on his name now, uh, Kurtwood, no, 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 uh, I was going to say Kurtwood Smith, but that's not him, it's... Uh, that guy is a good actor and has been oh, in Star Trek, oh, and I'd he's red. Oh, I'd love And he was the bad guy in the first Robocop. Yeah, I'd love to meet yeah. that guy. I unfortunately haven't met him. Uh, no, Tucker Smallwood, that's who I'm thinking of. Um, he's one of the oh, yeah. Zindi from Enterprise. Um, yeah. 
and he's one of those actors that's been on like every TV show known to man. Yeah, so, in some way. You can't when you say his name, you can't picture his face, but you've seen his name in the credits a billion times. Oh yeah, yep. And so, and really cool guy, like uh, at the Legion because we had the meet and greet. He actually played the guitar for us. It was really awesome. Oh, cool. And that was the convention that I actually won the Deep Space Nine um, trivia contest. And speaking of Jeffrey Combs, because the the three finalists, because there's three of us, we had to basically, like when when the guy would ask the question, we had to say our Ferengi names. So there was one guy that was Quark, one guy that was Rom, and I was Brunt. So So every time I answered, I would say Brunt, FCA. Um, because that's how Brunt always introduces himself. And so, yeah, I ended up winning the trivia contest that year and won a bunch of Star Trek CDs and stuff. Um, and that's as close as I've come to Jeffrey meeting Jeffrey Combs. Um, so, yeah, has anyone anyone else met any uh, other Star Trek actors? I don't think fun. so. Go ahead, Curtis. I think it was the, the year that my little brother came to Vulcan. There was a a special guest who was there and made a speech. And he was just there for a day. And it was at the bust and handprint of Leonard Nimoy. It was his son, Adam Nimoy. Right. And, of yep. course, his father had passed away earlier that year. and Or was it the year? Anyway, this was after mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy passed yep. away. Yeah, and he was doing his documentary um, for the love of Spock. I think it was called. Yes. Yep. I think it was, yeah. So he was doing that documentary, and they were still making it when he was in the Vulcan. But yeah, he came down and he spoke for probably a good twenty minutes, half an hour, told us all about like what it was like growing up when your dad is Spock and this and that and 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 not just so, that. Yeah, that was a really cool thing. Like that doesn't happen at every convention. Yeah, I want to throw a couple things in there. Not only that, he directed two TNG episodes. He directed Rascals and Time, Ooh, that's right. Timescape. And um, he's also now married to Terry Farrell, Jadzia Dax, mm-hmm. in real life. And when he wow. did his autographs at Vulcan, he didn't charge anything. He did it for free. Super. How did I go get one? What's the matter with me? <laughs> yeah, super classy dude, man. Like he didn't ask for nothing. Super class, man. And really nice guy. Really nice guy. I'm I'm glad you mentioned him, Curtis, because I completely forgot that I that I've met him before. But you back, buddy. Super awesome dude. Super awesome dude. Uh, anyone else? Any? Only, uh, I, I feel like I that there probably are a couple others I have met, but I got nothing coming to mind right now. Yeah, and and that's not a problem. I I have a, an honorable mention. There's a guy who actually does podcasts now. Uh, his name's Larry Nemechek. He wrote the Star Trek: The Next Generation co- uh, Companion and the subsequent cool. sequels to it. And he was one of my first guests on Trek One Seven Zero One, aside from Rick Sternbach. I had Larry Nemechek on, and I'd like to think that I inspired him to do podcasts, because now he does his own podcast, so... 
That's awesome, man. Yeah, back in the day, like when he was on Truck One Seven Hundred One, he had that, he wasn't doing podcasts, so I had him on a number of episodes. I I you know I want to say at least like five or six episodes. Um, yeah, super awesome dude. He played. If you if you guys watch the the YouTube series Star Trek Continues, he played Doctor McCoy. I want to say for the first two episodes of that series. Um. And then the actor who wasn't available for the first two episodes comes in and, and takes over for the role. But, yeah, Larry Nemechek, really awesome guy. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Well, I can't let this go if I don't at least mention Andrew Robinson. The guy plays my favorite character on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> um, and he was so cool in person. He, he actually had to phone from the airport. He phoned the organizers of the event. And we were there with... Um, What's her name? Shannon? Was she running it that year? Yep. Yep. That was, I, I think and I were having a... I we think that was the last good outside. year. Yeah. I think so. But uh, we were having a smoke outside with Shannon, the organizer, and she got the call that Andy Robinson was in the airport, and he had forgot forgotten to bring photos with him. Like yeah. printed photos for autographs. And our buddy David who was not able to go that year. That's all he asked of us, you know, because we always ask him, like, do you want anything? Can we get you an autograph? And the only one he ever asked us for was Andrew Robinson. So we got him that. And when we when he was signing it, he, um, I remember he commented that my little brother looked like a member of a band called the Good Brothers. And I felt awkward because nobody knew, nobody in our little group knew who in the hell he was talking about. So I was kind of like, we were just trying to play it off like, oh, that's so cool that you yep. think that. I don't know who you're talking about, but I'm sure it's a nice compliment, so thank you. And my little brother's nervous and quiet to begin with, so he didn't really – he had no idea how to respond. It was hilarious. But, yeah, met Andy Robinson. He was cool. Yep. Super yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. Uh, it, was, it was really funny because, yeah, he didn't have his photos, so they printed them off on whatever – printer they could find and the quality was so bad and yeah like it was just his autograph and it just looks like like his autograph's fine but the picture he signed just looks like garbage but what can you do yeah adapt that's it yeah super awesome dude um all right well i think gentlemen we can call this an episode this was a lot of fun uh, but before we go, let's play that little game of work we can find you on the internet. And Richard, where can I find you? You can find me right here, where I am always at, the podcast. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Curtis, where can we find you, sir? Uh, I'm bumming around Facebook again these days. Um, you can find me hanging out on the, uh, the Trek 1701 page if you... You know, want to talk about anything we've talked about or tell me I'm wrong about something? I'm totally open to hear that. Excellent. And Ragnar, where can we find you, good sir? Well, uh, <clears throat> my main website is ragnarthetrader.com. And I'm also active on Instagram and Facebook as ragnarthetrader. Um, you know, this whole COVID pandemic thing, uh, 
my January show got canceled, and I'm expecting my February shows to get canceled too. But eventually, I'll be back at trade shows, and uh, you can come talk nerdy with me, or buy a drinking horn, or do both. And I eagerly await that day. Excellent. Um, yeah, like 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 we were talking about last night um, with uh, the Calgary Expo. I'm waiting until like like you were saying like at least a couple weeks before the show, before I yeah I two weeks my... before you'll have a pretty darn good idea of, of where things are at. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, the way Omicron's going, um, it's it's not going to be good. I I don't think. Well, we're gonna we're gonna lose all of January. We're gonna lose February, but March and April things might be better because what we're seeing with this Omicron crap is that everyone's getting sick vaccinated and unvaccinated. You're getting sick. Yeah. But not that many people are being hospitalized and almost nobody is dying from Omicron. So it's going to burn through in a big wave where hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people across the country will all get sick at once, which means there just won't be people to work at things. But, you know, a week or two later, they've recovered and they're back. So I'm expecting to lose the winter, but I am cautiously optimistic for anything mid-March onwards. Yeah. And and the in, in Ontario and Quebec and Atlantic Canada, it's different. But in maybe even in Manitoba, but in Saskatchewan, Alberta and B.C., they have put in some restrictions, but very minimal. Yeah. And they don't appear to be poised to add any new ones. Yeah. Yeah, fingers so, crossed, hopefully. Yeah. I I I feel pretty confident about Calgary Expo. It's just the shows before then. And well, it's just the way she goes. Yep. All right. In the well, meantime, boys, don't be slobs. Take care of your beards. Get your stuff from Ragnar. It's got good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here. I second that information. Well, thanks, guys. If I had a Very beard, nice. I'd totally get some stuff from me, Ragnar. Um, but number one, I can't grow a beard. Number two, my <laughs> job won't let me grow a beard, even if I wanted to try. I yeah, could grow yeah, a mustache, yeah, yeah. but it's like, like I'm like the reverse Hitler. Like I don't grow in the middle. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I, it's like I grow like a French mustachio. Yeah. yeah. But I, Which I, if you could grow a bit of a goatee, you could pull off the Klingon look. Yeah. Only it, if you twirl them and go. <laughs> yeah. The only problem is with the with that <laughs> type of mustache is you become suspect. You know, people. You know, you walk past a playground, people are wondering why you're there. Um. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I stay clean shaven, but who knows? Maybe I'll lose my job, and then I grow a beard, and I'll be buying well, my we're stuff not from for that. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like, you know, uh, COVID nineteen. You know, we might get the Megatron variant or the Optimus Prime variant. So <laughs> you never know. You never know. I'm stealing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway. Thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to Trek 1701, a Star Trek podcast. This was our Trek celebrities we've met. 
I was your host. My name is Chris Lockhart. I was joined by Chris, Curtis Holloway, Richard Zabo, and Ragnar. And we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future. Bye.